This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All of the features we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. We will take your calls about whatever you want, and that's why we'll start things out with Rusty Nutt calling from Colorado on the amp line. Hello, Rusty Nutt. Howdy, guys. How's it going? What's on your mind tonight? All right. I want to talk about your August 20 show where you talk about Nazi-occupied Poland. You mean Ju- July 20th? Um, or is this from a year ago? Yeah, July 20th. I'm okay. sorry. It. It's July. Welcome. That's all right. Yeah. I live in a time warp, too, Rusty Nut. So uh, what <laughs> I'm about it? I'm slightly nervous. So. Go ahead. Okay, um, uh, first off, I'd just like to preface the call by saying, you know, I love you guys. I usually agree with Ian, but I connect with Mark mostly. But I have some qualms with Ian today. Um, the Germans, they never actually burn Jews to death. Well, they what? put them in ovens. I heard. I, I mean, heard him say that. I was just listening to that broadcast myself, and and uh, and and he said, you know, and 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 some other stuff. But I mean, is that really? Oh a wait, big so deal so they were already dead when they put them in the ovens? That's my understanding. Yeah, when they did that. But okay. most of the time, um, they and how do you know? Would shoot them right? Yeah, most of the time they're either worked to death or starved to death or summarily executed, but or gassed. But yeah, one of the four. Okay, so so you're saying there's no evidence whatsoever that any Jew was ever put into an oven alive? Not that I know of. Okay, but that's not that's not those aren't my that's not my main qualm. My main qualm is uh, you're saying that um, what would happen if the Jews did not cooperate? Yeah, that was my question because the old uh, saying is, well, what if the Jews had met the uh, the SS with weapons? and had actually fought back, and I have suggested that that may have resulted in more violence, because violence seems to be get violence. And so my question was, well, what if it, when you know they were ordered to report to the cities, they didn't? What if they, when they were ordered to register as Jews, they didn't? So what if they engaged in non-cooperation? Yes, that was my question. Right. Well, uh, most of the time they really didn't have to register as Jews. Uh, um, the Nazis had many different... Um, uh, tactics and a lot of the tactics were they would go from home to home and steal your stuff oftentimes when they're going through your stuff they'd be going to the german or jew neighborhoods jewish neighborhoods and it was quite easy to tell who which families were jews and which weren't when they were rummaging and stealing your things so it wasn't really necessary they most of the time they really didn't have to declare Okay, but isn't it true that they uh, a lot of them voluntarily reported to central city locations and did that all on their own? I mean, these these folks did some amazingly uh, obedient things that led them to their demise. And I'm not saying that it would be any different today. I think uh, Americans today would follow whatever orders they were given. Oh, well, you need me to register because uh, I've got Mexican heritage. Okay, I'll do whatever you say. I'm a good law-abiding citizen. Oh, you need me to turn uh, to you? to uh, tell you that I've uh, got so many guns in my house? Sure, sure, whatever you say. Good law-abiding citizen, I'll do whatever you tell me to, officer. And that's what I'm saying here. What if they just didn't cooperate? Well, most likely they would have been hit with the butt of a rifle. Well, they got that later anyway. Well, you see what I'm saying? <laughs> I'd, I'd also like to point out that uh, in Germany at the time, and you know, it, it, it spans different periods, the brown shirts were a gang before Hitler rose to power. And then the you know Hitler used the black shirts to replace the brown shirts, and I actually uh, executed a lot of them. But um, so I mean, 
I wouldn't think that you would necessarily need to comply with a real gang. I'm not talking about a government gang in order to – you understand what I'm saying? There's no registering with the gang. The gang just went around, found people that they were convinced were Jews. But that, and that's what makes the government so much more powerful than just some really big gang, though, is their sense of legitimacy. And they, and they are able to function so well because of massive cooperation. So I don't right, know that – really I don't know that they wouldn't. I don't know that they that anything it would be I don't know that it would have turned out better for the Jews or maybe just some of them maybe 10% of them who knows Yeah I don't or, know either but it be it would be hard to imagine that it could have been worse <laughs> that yeah. much is true So it, it, so exactly. you know like Ian is saying you know um they centralized a lot of the them. stuff you said would have happened had they disobeyed it ended sure. up happening eventually anyway Right, and then they wouldn't have been willing participants at the very least in their uh, their own demise. I mean, because when they centralized them all in the, the city locations, uh, it made them that much easier to control. Had they never voluntarily gone through that process in the first place, it would have become a very difficult task for, uh, at least as I understand it, for the Nazi people to hunt them down in the countryside. Uh, but they voluntarily decided to go and report to the cities with, as they were ordered to do so. So I think it would have thrown a major were, wrench into their plans. Say again? Most of them were actually round up. There most of them were rounded up. In some cases with government roles where they were registered and you know, had Jewish surnames, uh, Silverstein, Goldblatt, Copperfield. Yeah. Okay. Well, any other thoughts for us, Rusty Nunn? Yes. Uh, I really wanted to get into the juiciness of my argument, which was that it really wouldn't – it really wouldn't – um, non-cooperation wouldn't really have been effective in Nazi Germany because non-cooperation only works if the government has an air of legitimacy, right? Which the Nazi I, I believe Hitler was not. elected. Well, wasn't well, he, he was appointed, appointed by an elected uh, government. Okay. Not in Poland, though, which is what the what the um, conversation was about on July 20th. Oh yeah, I didn't know if it, I didn't know if it was just Poland. Uh, I thought they uh, brought the Jews into cent- uh, centralized city locations all across Germany too. Is that not the case? Uh, it was the case, but this is mostly in response to the Polish-occupied, Poland-occupied Germany. Okay. So w- w- so you are advocating for violence, or how would you have solved that problem? I would I would think that violence would have been a better solution than non-cooperation, since they had no air of legitimacy whatsoever. I mean, they had no qualms with putting a boot down on your throat, you know? They stormed into the country violently, took it over violently. And their plans were obvious. They started eradicating dissidents and activists right off the bat. Okay, thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. Yeah, I guess uh, he's kind of got a good point there about the country that was invaded. Uh, but yeah. in, in Germany, uh, maybe non-cooperation would have been a little more effective there. Yeah, I, I have to agree. In, uh, you know, in, in a conquered country... It, you know, at, at that point, I think that uh, you know, that's the idea of militias and things like that. I'm not for uh, violence by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, you know, I think sometimes that one has to uh, prevent more harm. Because um, would it have gotten to the point of getting to Poland in the first place had the uh, Jews been non-cooperative in Germany early on? I don't know. Mm. I am not a historian. I, I, as you can tell, I don't know much about you know, the very uh, t- a telltale amount, but enough to say that I still don't believe that in at least the case of uh, Germany, that violence would have helped that, that situation. Right. It's hard to say. I mean, it's, I imagine there's got to be some line where you say, 
it, you know, that, that that it's time to pull the guns out or something. I don't know. I, I, I you know, some people say if they start loading people onto the trains here, then it's time. I don't know. Uh, I, I, I can't. I, I think that there's so much that you have to do first. Uh, hopefully, so that we don't get to that point. Let's continue with your calls and talk to Dave in Nevada. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Dave. Hey, what's going on? What's on your mind tonight, Dave? Hey, so um, even though I don't live in California anymore, I still like to listen to some of the uh, talk radio that's uh, kind of pseudo-liberty oriented out there. And they're talking about some of the um, uh, props that people are going to want to put on the November ballot of next year. And um, two of them are actually kind of interesting. One is they want to make the legislature part-time. And so, of course, all the legislators are all, uh, yeah, all the legislators are all up in arms. Oh, no, we need to be here. And, uh, yeah, of course, we're whatever. professionals. Right. Exactly. You know, we know better than you what you need to do. So, but the second one um, that uh, a group is putting together that I find really interesting kind of revolves around the idea of like when you're talking to someone and you say, man, what are you on drugs? What's wrong with you? And uh, so many people are, because California is so messed up, people, man, those legislators must be on drugs. What's wrong with them? So there's a group that's um, attempting to put up a, uh, a, a thing on the ballot that says all of the state legislators have to do mandatory drug testing and alcohol testing. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, uh, you know, I, I, see, I, I see where that uh, comes from. It's fun. Uh, well, it makes sense if they're doing things like that to uh, other people, if they're passing mandatory high school drug tests or something like that, then they get a taste of their own medicine. But otherwise, I don't know. I, I don't think that's really something that's fair to do to anybody, even scummy politicians. Thank you for the call tonight, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything, uh, and this is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. And it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Well, uh, sometimes when I am uh, up on the, in the, on the toilet... Uh, I will be looking actually most of the time now. What are you talking about? I use this is this is when I use the Facebook application for my BlackBerry to look at the the updates from people because you know people like to write what they're doing and normally I don't really have. I time hope to you don't look. put an update about what you're doing at the time. No, I've never done that. <laughs> but if I'm reading your update, there's a good chance that's when I, that's where I am when I'm reading it. And so I'm just glad that that's what you're looking at while while you're under the toilet. Yeah, you got to have something to do. Uh, these days you can. So uh, so I saw an update from Blog of Bile uh, that was saying that the guys from the Motorhome Diaries are apparently being detained at the Canadian border, at the U.S.-Canadian border. And I guess Zach Fix is with us from Free Agents, FR33Agents.net. Zach, uh, what's going on? All right. I just got off the phone with Jason and Pete. Um, they've been detained at the border of, of um, coming into Canada from Vermont on I, off of I-91 for the last four hours. Wow. Um, Marv has been searched. Um, they called in the canine units. Um, right now they told them they're specifically looking for pornography and heinous propaganda, which and are illegal. In- heinous propaganda? Right. 
they asked oh my God. for uh, a definition and were told that it was online. And they asked uh, what the statute was, and they said, we're basically told to find it yourself. Um, nice. They have their laptops, um, or they've taken their laptops. They were filming as they got to the border, and they uh, took the cameras and deleted the previous footage and told them if they tried to shoot more video or take pictures, they would be arrested. Nice. Um, and these are the Canadian guards. Yes, these are the Canadian guards, because they're trying to get into Canada. They've also, um, they're currently reading about um, the agents are looking online and reading about the Free State Project, the Motorhome Diaries, um, free agents, and um, uh, Keaton Jason's former employer, because um, they found an old business card and wanted to know what a crasher-in-chief was and what it meant. Mm. And so they're trying to find out what their message is. They've they're, been accused, they're enemies uh, of the state. Maybe they will be denied access because they're enemies of the state. Yes, all of the um, that's sort of the fear. All of the there was a big box of Alliance for Libertarian Left literature that was given to them at Fork Fest. Mm -hmm. That um, they took out. They took the whole box. Um, a copy of uh, Crispin, Dr. Crispin Sartwell's Against the State, um, an introduction to anarchy. Mm -hmm. uh, that was left out in the RV. They did let Pete go back in the RV to get food, um, but they're going through all of their stuff. Um, and um, they've been accused of spreading misinformation by one of the agents. Wow, uh, this is crazy. This sounds, oh my God. I always thought that uh, the Canadian side was easier. I mean, when we went up, it was no big deal getting into Canada. All we, uh, I think we, uh, some of our friends, myself and some of my friends, brought passports. Julia only had a driver's license, and she was able to get in. We were able to get in no problem. The, guy the border just kinda, agents have to have things to do in yeah. Canada, too. Well, I guess if it's a motorhome coming through, they think there's a, a, a greater likelihood of smuggling going on. I, I, I don't know. I, they could smuggle more. Right, but we're talking about information and ideas right. and things like that. That's Very what they're reacting about. It's not, you know, drugs or people or, you know, hid, hidden people and immigrants or something. It, is, it appears that it's the ideas and um, that they're mad about and that they're concerned about. Um, basically, it seems like they're going after them for thought crimes, and that's double plus on good. Yeah, that's not that is not cool. What where is the best place to keep up to date on this, uh, Zach? I mean, I know that the guys have their website, motorhomediaries.com, but if they're currently being uh, held captive, they're not going to be able uh, able to easily access that. I know that the third guy, Ryan, who's the their newest guy, the uh, in the the motorhome, has stayed in the United States, so he was not with them at the time that they went through the border. So I, I imagine he might be able to update uh, the site with some info. But is it free agents? Where do you think the best place to go for this info is? Um, well, Twitter um, with the hashtag MHD uh, for Motorhome Diaries, as well as there's going to be a post I'm working on now, but I was calling you guys first, on the front page of uh, freeagents.com. .com, um, okay. Got it. Um there is a. I'll also be tracking it on the. Oh, we, we always have to. We always have to mention because uh, it's as cool as the URL is. It's just a little too elite for uh, for radio use. It's yeah. fr33agents.com. There are no e's in free. It's fr33agents.com to get the latest on this situation. So um, there's a phone number, I believe. That uh, are you posting that number, or is that number already up on the site? That number is, um, it will be included on the front page post. Right now, you can find it on, again, on Twitter or on um, the Friends of the Motorhome Diaries uh, group on the Free Agent Social. 
I can see it actually at the uh, FR33Agents. Uh, yeah, it is there on the social. So FR33Agents.com. Soon the phone number for the Border Patrol agents is going to be listed there. Uh, I guess you would suggest giving them a call and suggesting they release these guys. Right. Unfortunately, the number they have is for the agents um, that's detaining them, his supervisor. And right now, uh, everyone that's called has gone straight to voicemail, mm-hmm. and he hasn't returned any calls yet. Sure. Um, I'm... I, talk to jason and pete on the phone but jason's phone is uh dying um but uh they should be um i'm trying to keep in touch with them because they still haven't seized their phones so but so they don't have laptops but they do have for at least for a little while until the battery dies some phone access so zach do you have any predictions for what's going to happen here any ideas i don't um I'm hoping for the best. I'm hoping they're like, well, they're just ideas and they're fairly harmless. Um, go ahead. But I know when I was going up to Canada um, for the same event they're heading to several years back to meet up with Jason as part of a uh, another project, um, they were even found just finding out that I was headed to a libertarian event, they were concerned uh, about why the, what I was doing there and how long I was going to stay. Well, um, having been uh, probably the only person uh, here in this group that's been thrown in jail in Canada, I would suspect that uh, what's going to happen here is these guards have now uh, they, they've taken a stand, which is uh, we're checking to see if you guys have uh, you know a subversive material. They can't very well say mm, no subversive material here. It's possible, but it, it's likely that they're they're already they've cemented in their mind that this is subversive material. And right. I suspect they'll uh, try to turn them back. But what turning them back means, or at least what it meant for me, was a night in the jail before you go see a magistrate. Luckily, this is Thursday and not Friday. Mm-hmm. And uh, then the magistrate says, uh, well, you, you guys are unwelcome here. Get out. And right. that's what uh, kicking out means. So, so they're, they're probably not going to want to keep them in Canada in a jail, right? Because then that would probably cost not them that, more money. But, 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 it all really comes down to their definition and their interpretation of what heinous propaganda is. Yep. Um, because some of the material they have, it being from you know, the Alliance of the Libertarian West or left, is um, explicitly uh, pro-stateless society or voluntary society. Um, and a lot of it does have the Circle A logo on it, as well as the black flag on the back. So this will be very interesting to see how uh, this all plays out, and I hope it plays out in their favor. At the very best case, they could get through and, and go on with their Canadian tour. The worst case, they could end up being arrested, and somewhere in the middle there is just being turned around. And I think that would be at least acceptable to not have to uh, stay in a Canadian jail for who knows how long based on uh, free speech crimes, essentially. Thank you, Zach, for the update tonight. FR33Agents.com, we're coming up. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area. Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. 
Radio.com, and those features include archives. So if you've missed a moment of the show, all you need to do is click and download. They're yours on the front page of the website at freetalklive.com, going back an entire year. Again, freetalklive.com. Check out the Low Country Ridley Report, um, the Low Country Liberty Report. <laughs> Inspired Country, by Dave Ridley. That's right. Low Country Liberty Report. This Ridleyographer from Savannah, Georgia, focuses on pro-freedom issues around the country. Liberty-oriented reports for liberty-minded folks. Doesn't pretend to be unbiased in reporting and tries to add a little humor into every report. You can find his vide- videos at lclreport.com or join the LCL group on Facebook or Twitter. If you like his reports, buy some advertising or subscribe lclreport.com. All right, let's go back to your phone calls about whatever you want. It's David in Louisiana listening to KBYO. Hey, oh, David's gone. Excuse me. Let's try Cameron in Pennsylvania. You're on Free Talk Live. Cameron. Hey, guys. How are you tonight? Hey, great. What's on your mind? Uh, Have you guys heard the story about the the police officer in Georgia that arrested the McDonald's employee? I have not. uh, What's what's the story? Uh, A 20-year-old McDonald's employee, uh, Kendra Bull, Accidentally, she accidentally spilled too much salt on the hamburger meat, tried to remove it, notified her coworkers, and then took a break, during which she ate a burger made from the salty meat. Uh, but a police officer also got some of the salty meat, the oversalted meat, took a few bites, confronted her, um, and then, quote, uh, whatever article is this from, it says, Bull admitted to spilling the salt on the burger, and the officer asked her to step outside where he questioned her further. Um, she has worked for the restaurant for five months, and she didn't know there was a police officer that had ordered the burger because she couldn't see the drive-through window. Uh, however, uh, apparently the police officer took the burger, sent it to the state crime lab, and then put her in jail overnight. Wow, that's a little excessive. Now, I don't necessarily believe her that she didn't know it was a police officer. Right, right. Uh, but uh, but all that said, uh, that is out of control. I mean, these people, some of these cops, really believe they're better than everybody else. Mm-hmm. You are a cop. You're no, uh, you you know, your s stinks too. So you can talk to the management just like you would talk to the management if you were just a regular person, not in a uniform and carrying a gun around uh, okay. and you would deal you should deal with things in that manner but to think that you deserve some sort of special treatment because you're a police officer is, is ludicrous I mean it's ridiculous they said it, it did make him sick which I mean if I was a customer that, that would make me angry but I mean you don't you know you don't I mean they're already wasting taxpayer money but waste more by putting a 20 year old girl in jail overnight and sending the burger to the state crime lab yeah what was the, I mean what was the charge in this case um, you know, I got this off, I'm reading the article on The Consumerist. I thought I saw a charge. She was charged with reckless conduct because she served the burger, quote, without regard to the well-being of anyone who might consume it, end quote. Wow. <laughs> reckless conduct for serving an oversalted hamburger? <laughs> yeah. Out of control. Don't spit on that cop's burger. It's okay. I'm sure they'll find that the cop is uh, fully within his rights to, uh, oh, to do I'm something sure. like that. Thanks for that story tonight. Use this taser to cook it more if it wasn't cooked enough. <laughs> so, uh, anything else on your mind? It is for no. I just wanted to put that out there. It was the most ridiculous thing I've read in a long time. Well said, Cameron, and I thank you for the call tonight. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Here's some more ridiculous stuff. This is from the Associated Press. It's one of those stories that just writes itself. Mayor Michael Bloomberg has an ambitious and uh, ambitious environmental agenda, but it turns out he's running afoul of his own anti-pollution policy. What a surprise. The Associated Press has found his SUVs idling all over the city from about 10 minutes, sometimes to over an hour. In one week, the AP spotted the mayor's Chevrolet Suburbans idling for long periods at least eight times. The mayor, see, signed a bill earlier this year strengthening the city's anti-idling law. Advocates say it's the toughest law in the nation because it reduces idling times around schools to one minute. 
So this is one of those things that, I don't know, does it happen down south? It's only something I, I feel like I've run into up here, up north, uh, because during the winter time, I guess, a lot of people like to keep their cars idling, you know, because it's cold outside. And But apparently it's illegal to idle in many places for longer than X amount of minutes because of the whole saving the environment nonsense. And so here's a perfect example of the politicians saying, do one thing, but don't pay attention to what I do, because I'll be doing the exact opposite. Right. Well, you know, his little bit of idling doesn't really do anything for the environment. It's, it's all those people idling at school that are really the issue. The, the serfs. You know, a Bloomberg spokesman says the city is doing its best to reduce idling. Hey, that's what counts, right? Just the, some word of the bureaucrat that they're doing what they can. We're doing our darndest to cut this back. But he also pointed out that the mayor's SUVs are driven by his police detail and are therefore classified as emergency vehicles. So don't you worry about this, New York citizens. No laws have been broken. Nothing nothing's, nothing going on here. That's right. No laws have been broken. The law about idling only applies to the rest of you folks, not any of us in the upper echelons here well, in the it's government. Impor- it's important what the, the, the kind of work that the, uh, the good mayor is doing, so he has to be able to have idling vehicles waiting on him um, you know, while he's doing whatever important work he's doing. Right. The rest of you, when it's wintertime, can, ve- uh, can sit there in your cold vehicles with the engine off. Bring some gloves. Right. While uh, Mayor Bloomberg gets to uh, climb right into his toasty warm uh, SUV black limo thing. Well, the parents can have those snuggly warm hats. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there you have it, 800, that's just a shorty there for you, 800-259-9231. It's us and it's them. Right. Some, of the, some animals are more equal than others. Right. If you get caught idling and you don't want to pay the ticket that they'll inevitably print out for you, then they'll probably put a, you know, find a little space for you in, what do they call it, the tombs in New York City? The underground there, prisons? There was, a surf, there was a surf locally who confronted one of the knights who had left his one car idling. One of the idling. knights. That yeah. would be the police officer police oh, okay officer. <laughs> he uh yeah i came in and said uh i'm paying for that gas so could you turn your car off <laughs> what did they say uh, i think they just kind of nodded or something i don't think there was much <laughs> of a, free staters <laughs> here here they're uh they, they're much more civil and they would have to be but if you went to new york city there's that one guy what's his name uh, johnny justice uh, J- J- jimmy, jimmy justice, justice. Jimmy, jimmy justice uh, <laughs> he's great uh, all you have to do is youtube jimmy justice oh i can't wait till he gets on this one he should he should jump all over this one and go follow around the the mayor's cars yeah this and, camera but you know if he saw I just, it, I, t- I, did, I took video of it and posted it on my YouTube channel. There's a, there was a keen cop parked in the big, bright yellow, no parking zone right, right in that. front of the grocery store. Was he idling there, too? No, it wasn't idling. Uh, he was, he was we actually in, parked then. Yeah, we went into the counter, the service counter, and we said, someone's parked in your no parking zone. You might want to see if you can get them towed or something. <laughs> and uh, they oh, oh, and they went to go check it out. I'm sure as soon as they saw that it was one of the knights of the kingdom. That they turned around and they said, oh, well, no, not the not right. for the knights. We're not going to get That's it That's right. He's on a donut run. It's very important business here. Now, if the cop was actually there on a call... He could have left his lights on because if the, for instance, had the grocery well, store called. I don't called, know that if, I have, if I'm the manager of the grocery store that I necessarily want the police officer there with his lights on. I would prefer that he not turn them on. Please, just come to the, the manager. Wait, desk. why? As though it's not going to be obvious the cop has pulled right in the front of the store. The guy was in the fire lane in front of the store. Well, if I have my druthers, I would prefer him to park in a parking space and come in. I understand that, but you're not in charge. You're the manager of the store, see? He's the cop. He's got the gun, so you'll do as he says. And all I'm saying is, if he wasn't there on a grocery run, 
then he could have left his lights on to indicate that he was actually there on an emergency call. You know, say the the store had a shoplifter, for instance. Well, I think that he would the, have been responding you know, in that if, case. If somebody wants to do a, a Johnny Justice, Jimmy Justice uh, thing on the cop, then you know, t- take video of the cop in the lane with the uh, you know sitting in the fire lane with his his car idling or whatever he's and doing, and then wait for him then, to come out. Right, and well, no, and then go in and find him if he's in the you line, could, uh, you know, picking out cocoa crisps. Well, then you know that he's shopping. If yeah. he, and, uh, however, well, you'll know if in, you wait for him too if you stand out there and wait for him the problem is if you go in the store there's a slight chance that you may not encounter him right because if you go into the store and you are starting on one side of the uh, the grocery store and he's on the other about ready to head out to the checkouts you may actually miss him entirely whereas if you just camp out this is what jimmy justice does because he doesn't always know exactly what store in new york city the cop is in many times he can look through the windows and see uh, but in a grocery store you may not be able to uh, to ascertain that from the front of the store so if you just hang out and wait for a little bit that cop will come out and if he's got a if he's got a bag of groceries in his hand then you know why he was there if he's carrying out a perp then you know why he was there too 800-259-9231 either way you can ask your questions at that time that i think would have been the way to take your video to the next level dale but either way it was great yeah and we were can, in a hurry at the time <laughs> you can see that over it is it did you post it to your blog at anarchyinyourhead.com no it's just on my youtube channel okay very good uh, more on the way here you can take control of the airwaves it is free talk live it's Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free, 800-259-9231, single CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Entering Amazon through that link will result in a percentage of your purchase being contributed to Free Talk Live. So enter through Amazon.freetalklive.com. I've been taking a new uh, vitamin. It's called Choose for Health Super Fruit Complex. It's working out great for me. It's a, it's a tasty thing. It's a chewable uh, vitamin so that this facilitates digestion. And as we know, the digestion begins in the mouth. It tastes like a really tart, sweet tart. It's got no salt, no uh, artificial sweeteners or flavors, no MSG ingredients, un- unnatural preservatives or I- any of these things. It's uh, full of uh, good, healthy fruits and, and vitamins, and they have a special offer for Free Talk Live listeners. All you have to do is call. You have to write this number down because you have to use this number. You can't do it online. 1-800-219-8874. That's 1-800-219-8874. And if you call right now, you can re- receive one free week um, trial. All you have to do is pay for the shipping and handling. It's 800-219-8874. Toll-free number again, 800-259-9231. That's our number. You can dial in about whatever you want. Uh, we go to, since we've been talking about comps a little bit so far this hour, we'll continue with that theme where Rusty emails in from Hawaii. Hawaii, number one, he says. How's it? I guess they say, do they say that in Hawaii? How's it? I, I don't, uh, this, apparently Rusty does. He does, yeah. This last election, he says, on the big island of Hawaii, the system was used to decriminalize pot. The terminology, uh, terminology that was used was that police should make the pot or make pot bus the lowest possible priority. We've heard about this before. This has happened in a number of places. I believe Seattle is one of them. And I don't know what the what the results have been everywhere it's been tried. Maybe in some places the cops actually do leave the pot smokers alone. Uh, but it, apparently not in Hawaii. It was not long, apparently, before the cops started saying that they would not be doing as the voters had asked, which, by the way, the measure passed by a fair margin, and that they will continue their law enforcement as normal. 
They said there are federal laws to uphold. The bureaucrats said, well, we have to think about how to put the wishes of the voters into a law. He says, guess how far along that has happened. Uh, so apparently they've been dragging their feet on actually doing this from a legislative standpoint. This shows beyond a shadow of a doubt, says Rusty, that you can't use the system to initiate change. The system was used to get a referendum on the ballot to pass it, but to no avail. He says, I'm convinced that it must be done outside of the system with civil disobedience or, as Sam from the Obscure Truth Network is doing, turning the system upon itself. If Sam's approach fails, that only leaves one method, and that would be the civil disobedience approach. Well, um, if he's using this one instance of uh, legislation to prove that, uh, that, that using the system doesn't work, then he's, what he's doing is ignoring the many times that leg- the legislative method has worked. So, what do you mean? To create new laws? To free people how's that happen exactly where are the free people (laughs) to free people in an area it's not just a piece of legislation that says wham twinkle twinkle right but where are are all the areas where government has reduced restrictions besides the uh, the one spanish war tax that they got rid of a few years ago did not the voters uh you know make medical marijuana legal in uh, california it, it took about 15 years for them to to actually start the beginnings of respecting that how long did it take gandhi to free india I don't know, Using Mark. civil disobedience. I, I don't know. I, look, man. Is India free? I don't know. I, I don't think all so. All I'm trying to say is, is I'm not saying that civil disobedience doesn't work. All I'm saying is it doesn't work much better than politics. Maybe you're right about yeah, there's that. There's no evidence of it. But we I, haven't had mass civil disobedience. I think that, yeah, that's <laughs> you're true. You're not going to. Why That's not? True. Because you don't get mass voters to the to the rolls either. I mean, you're going to have as much. You don't luck. need hundreds to have mass civil you disobedience. You don't need a majority necessarily. I think that it's also, you know, it's very possible. Who knows if civil disobedience will work? It's just something that hasn't really been tried to the extent that politics has, and not shown to be such a miserable failure. Not not in this country, know. and not within the last uh, few decades. There right. may have been some more civil disobedience. I think back in the you know the hippie days of the '60s and perhaps it's, early '70s. Right. It, I'm not disagreeing. Agreeing with any of that, it's the jump in logic that this gentleman's making and that you're making as a result that says, you know, not as a result of what he's doing, but you've made the same jump in logic is, gosh darn it, this legislative thing didn't work, legislative and political action doesn't work, it never has worked, it stinks, it work and the well. only thing that's going to work is civil disobedience. Bullcrap, show me. Well, it's not out there. There's no evidence that it's out there. That civil disobedience been tried. It doesn't work very darn well. Mark, Neither does politics. We're talking about mass nothing. civil disobedience. It There's hasn't. a big difference between one person holding a, a bud of marijuana in public and 50 people holding marijuana or smoking marijuana Kind of like public. Kent State, because in a bigger crowd, there's more people to catch the hard, more so, more soft bodies to catch the hard bullets. I see where you're, suge- you're suggesting that the cops are going to start shooting marijuana smokers. I don't know if we're to that point yet. I don't per- personally believe that's going to happen. I'm just saying. Well, okay, so you're saying that you believe that political action is effective, and it's what he's saying is... as effective as civil disobedience. That's all I'm saying. As I'm not saying it's effective. As I'm, the current instances of civil disobedience that we've seen, perhaps. But, uh, but the, theoretical, the, that, the theoretical uh, mass civil disobedience, I think, could be far more powerful. Look, in the political situation where you can get um, the free staters in, here in uh, New Hampshire at 20,000 aren't going to be a majority. You don't need a majority. You just need enough people out waving signs and getting excited about things. And, yeah, that and doesn't do much, through. though. That's just it. I mean, for all the hundreds of people that likely... Bull crap. We stopped the seatbelt thing with a few emails and a few people um, you know, calling great, in. That's great. 
But the, the, you know, the medical marijuana thing didn't go through, and it was the most weak, pathetic uh, piece of uh, legislation of all time. What I was going to say, Mark, is not that you can't have success. I didn't say that. I never said that. The emailer suggested that he believed that. I said that there is, possible, uh, there is the possibility for success through the political system. It's just incredibly difficult, and the return on investment is absolute crap. The people, the hundreds of people that spent time writing letters to the editor and calling representatives and lobbying for the medical marijuana thing, the hundreds of people that likely spent time on that particular issue, had they actually gone and engaged in civil disobedience and actually put something on the line and taken a risk, you probably would have had a much quicker change and a much better likelihood that their actual political uh, thing would have gone through because it would have been it would have been very uh, unlikely that they would have been able to arrest them all and it would have made a, it would have sent a real message that people were sick and tired of this nonsense. Sure. I'm one of those people who made a telephone call to the governor's office because a telephone call is a small amount of commitment. I didn't have to put my livelihood, my family, and everything on the line you risk. to go to prison. That's right. You right. take a risk, you're you not get a reward. Get it. That's what I'm trying to tell you. The hundreds of people that you're suggesting, these hundreds of people that made this telephone call, are, do not have the level of commitment to do That's what you're talking about. That's why nothing will happen. About. Exactly. Because, because they don't have the level of commitment to liberty to actually put something on the line and take a risk, then it's very it's going to be a very slow-going process. So you're saying that civil disobedience is ineffective? No, I'm saying that it would be very effective if a bunch of people actually did it. Voting would be effective if we could have a majority of a, a, you know, libertarian but voting. But you, you aren't hearing what I'm saying, Mark, or you're not internalizing it, because what you're saying is voting would be effective if we just had hundreds and hundreds more or thousands more people participating in voting. I'm telling you, you could have far more effect with a fraction of the amount of people that are engaging in the political process. Voting is a very small commitment level I can go and vote and then be back at work. Sure. However, what you're talking about is people being willing to go to jail. That's right. You're not going to get that level of commitment. That's what you're not hearing me Thank say. Thank you, Mark. I There's appreciate your predictions. If. I appreciate your predictions, but I don't think you get to tell uh, me I... what we can and can't do. All right. Good luck, man. I'm just you're, you're saying political action sucks, and I agree. Political action sucks. However, so does civil disobedience. You get to choose, and it's fine, And but it doesn't mean that the other side sucks. And that's the attitude that you take, you know, and it sucks. You know what? It's you know I think, Mark, you present some good points, and there is understandable skepticism about both. I mean, I am actually, uh, fundamentally, I, I have no faith whatsoever in politics to affect any kind of long-term change. I see occasional little, you talk about the seatbelt law, for instance, I see these tiny little victories for a huge amount of effort and then, you know, one step forward and a hundred steps back. And, uh, and I don't see it as a, you know, worth the effort in the long run by any far stretch of the imagination. But, and I understand someone who might be skeptical of civil disobedience, you know, I don't know. I don't feel like it's been tried yet to be able to say, but I understand the skepticism. I will say this. I am confident enough that politics isn't going to work that I don't bother at all. I don't call the I don't call the mayor and and it's so distasteful to me that it's not worth it. It's not worth it for me to humiliate myself and go beg for freedom from these people through this process because I have that little faith in it. And I have enough faith in civil disobedience to at least try it. I know that it's something that hasn't been tried yet. I don't know if there's other, you know, there's other things we can do. There's agorism. There's, there's who knows what else that can be tried, but I have given up on politics. And I would say that, um, and I just, I find, I know there's like a controversy recently where some people were, uh, the political people who have who, who fell recently, uh, you know, there's some controversy that some of them are probably going to scapegoat. They've done it in the past. Try to scapegoat the people who are doing civil disobedience and saying they're causing them to fail. And I think that shows that they are looking to shore up their own faith in something that they are already feeling shaky about because they just put all that effort into nothing. 
And I, I don't g- disagree with what you're saying, that it, it's valid for you because that's what you want to do. It's what Ian says, that political action doesn't do anything. Is, it doesn't dumb. do much of anything. I never it said it doesn't no, do anything. I, I it doesn't do much. It doesn't more do on the way. Hour two's coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. The sickle CAI toll-free line as we launch here into the second hour of the program. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site, they are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Uh, you can call about anything. Otherwise, we talk about things interesting to us. And uh, many times, we get interesting things here in the email box. Rusty has emailed in from Hawaii, and he says that, in point number two, his first point was that he's really uh, bummed out and burned out about the political system because they, uh, the police have been completely ignoring a legislative, or not legislative, but one of those initiative things that uh, the people put on the ballot there and then voted for to make marijuana the lowest law enforcement priority, and basically the cops said, well, we're not going to do what you want. So that was his first point. Point number two, he says, is it's not uncommon when a private property owner or law enforcement officer of some sort tells a homeless person to move along, they will say, I'm a native of Hawaii. Your laws don't apply to me. There are more than a few people here that feel the laws applied by the state and federal government are simply not their laws, that they belong to a different community. Probably the people that, again, the natives, they feel as though that their island was stolen from them and... Well, it pretty much was. <laughs> the evidence is on their side. How do you feel about this, he says? Whose rights are more important, the native or the private pro- or the private property owner? Is the native's claim valid since they claim the land was theirs and stolen? Or the property owner who worked within the system to legally purchase the land? Now, of course, the native isn't claiming actual ownership of that land, right? Did they have private property before the – Did the, was there a system of private property in Hawaii before the United States came in there? Well, um, they would have sort of a, a, a corporate ownership. If a tribe owns uh, – you know, this is the area of this tribe, perhaps the lines of that, uh, that area aren't uh, surveyed and clear. However, I'm sure that, uh, you know, if it's anything like my understanding of what uh, tribes were like in the rest of uh, the Western Hemisphere – you know the the islands were split up and in different you know different tribes have different different control over different islands and sometimes they war between each other and that kind of thing so they had a corporate ownership the tribe itself owned a certain amount of land but this is a good question because normally when it comes to the issue of somebody in the past indians for instance being 
thrown from their land and killed and, and moved off a plot of land and having white man come on or whoever and, and take over. And then generations and generations later, people say, well, that, that was our land. That was the, the land of our tribe. And, you know, it's still it, it should be ours. Well, it's difficult to deal with that because it's been so long. In the case of Hawaii, this is only a few decades ago that it became a state, at least. Well, uh, you know, a state, but it was... The state kind of corrupted property rights in a lot of ways because and now a lot of people, if they're if they're anti-status, they don't believe in property rights because this this all the property rights are whatever the state defines right now, mm-hmm. as opposed to what would be you know. And, and normally you have these two people who both have a dispute about who you know do you have a right to be on this property or not, and they'd have to find you know they'd want to find some way to resolve that, and then it would come down to what's reasonable, you know, and what the market decides. When did the takeover of Hawaii happen? Well, um, I know that the British uh, had had them previously as the Sandwich Islands. I would think we're talking about at least a hundred years. Really? Ago. Okay. Because Hawaii is in a great place, right in the middle of the Pacific. It's uh, you know has a nice deep water ports, and and so it's it likely was uh, was picked up quite some time ago. Well, in in that case, though, well, what what how would you want to deal with this? Let's let's say it did happen in 1950, just okay. for the sake of argument. Uh, and and well, therefore, why don't we use Cuba as an example? <laughs> Okay. Okay. What about Cuba? Okay. Um. In Q, uh, under Batista, you know, certain people had power and they owned certain pieces of property. And then Castro came in and basically those people. And that was in the fifties. That was forties. Uh, well, early sixties. Sixties. Um. Very early sixties and late fifties. The the war was being fought, and uh, more or less other people got the property as a result of Castro taking over. Some people fled the islands. Uh, likely they would have died if they had not, mm-hmm. or certainly lost their property and been reduced to uh, being amongst the peasants. Uh, they probably took as much pro- much money and stuff that the, as they could and hightailed it to the United States. So what about the property that is, uh, you know, was was theirs? There are people alive, Still alive today yeah. in Miami right now who owned property in Cuba that's no longer theirs. I don't have an answer them. for that. I know it's really tough. That's just it's, it. That's my question, and that's kind of a version of his question here: is how do you deal with that? Right. It, it will. What, what you do is is you can you can say, look, liberty can solve problems that can solve the problems that we have today. But if you start going back and trying to solve all the problems of uh, in the past, it's going to be very difficult. I'm sorry. It, like it's hard enough to solve all of today's problems using the concepts of liberty. Now you want to toss in some of the problems from several decades ago. I think those problems are actually solved. It's very unfortunate. I think that the uh, I think that the people on of uh, Hawaii have been jilted, and they do, as I understand, have a good portion of the uh, the Big Island still. And they could. What would you do? You'd end up parceling things out and saying, okay, well, it's you people who paid for this, you white people who paid for this, you get some stuff because they didn't steal the island. Those white mm-hmm. people that are there, uh, the 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 Howleys, I believe they refer to them as, um, and the of course the, uh, the the natives that are there, they didn't have their island stolen from them either. They weren't even around when their island was taken. So yep. you would parcel the island up, likely, and. I think that what would, should happen, it seems to me, is if there's a big reserve on the Big Island, as I understand it, you let the uh, let the natives have it and parcel it up as they wish to uh, wish to parcel it up. So th- you're talking about government land. You're talking about parceling up what is government land, I think not it's reservation land. I mean, but that's essentially a, that's land that has been designated as such by the government, right? That's my understanding. So that would make sense for the for the government stolen land. Something has to be done with that in the transition to the voluntary society. And in fact, there's a whole lot of land out west that is government, uh, federal government controlled. And so that could be something that could very easily be turned over to people to make a, some level of amends uh, for past 
past offenses. But I think generally, Mark, you're right that you you can't really go too far back into the past to, to deal with things like this because it just becomes absolutely next to impossible to deal with something like that. And then what do you do? You set up another bureaucracy to to handle the, 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 the all of the claims that somebody's going to make and verify and validate all of the various different people that would, would be making claims on certain plots of land? Um, the, in January 1893, uh, Queen, oh boy, Lilalua Kalanani was replaced by the provisional government propo- uh, composed of members of the Committee of Safety. So it's been more than 100 years then? Yes. All right. I think we've answered the question. Uh, you know, it, it's not an easy question. No. And this is where you, you start getting into who owns what. And if if you're going to go back this far, as far, you know, in Hawaii, a hundred and something years and trying to, uh, you know, make reparations on that. How about the, the black people that were owned by white people? Um, are you going to try to try to, to figure out who which ancestors of which white people owned which ancestors of which black people? And by as the way, they're responsible. You're going to find a lot of black people that have ancestors of both. Um, and that's going to be interesting trying to get them to pay themselves. Uh, then you're going to have to wait, wait, I'm not done. <laughs> then you're going to have to go and and find uh, the, the Mohicans, you know, try to make reparations to them and all the other uh, American uh, Native American Indian folks that were were put off their land. Don't forget the in Europe, my ancestors were really good for nothing but bearing the bastard children and fighting the wars of the overlords. Hey, it's not like, <laughs> it's it's not like my my people were any better off. They, you know what a yeah. serf is? It's a slave in any other um, you know use of the term. In in a lot of uh, in a lot of places in Europe, essentially serfs were bound to the land. They couldn't even leave. If they left, they'd be killed. So these people were slaves. So uh, where where do you stop? Are you going to make the Egyptians pay reparations to the Jews from four thousand years ago? One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. He continues here with a final question. Or two questions. He says there's also currently a child abuse case in the works where the woman admits to hitting several children in the mouth with a hammer. Her defense, because she's a native, is that the law does not apply to her. Is that any different than the above question about the native that uh, says the law doesn't apply to him because he wants to sleep on somebody's property as a, as a homeless man? Should the law not apply to her? Well, I don't know. What would the native's law have been about uh, hitting children with a with a hammer? What, what, how would they have handled that? I know that in uh, Somalia, the Zir system would have handled that in a, f- a pretty fair and equitable manner. Uh, it may have, may even be harsher. I mean, more harsh, rather, uh, the, whatever the native law was as far as punishing people for, for violence. It might have been an eye for an eye thing. I, I doubt that the, the natives of today have any idea, most of them, what the laws of 100-something years ago in, in Hawaii well, were. natural law should apply to all of them, you know, yes. in the real world. But. Yeah, you do so. harm, then you have to make restitution for that harm. Natural law, as much as I really like it, is just a guess. You know? Well, <laughs> that's why the, the free market resolves those sorts of differences, if you allow it to, but we don't. There's so. more coming up here, plus an update on the guys from MotorhomeDiaries.com. Uh, we've got the latest on that. We'll share it with you here in moments. 800-259-9231 is the phone number. You can take control of the airwaves. Free Talk Live. Talk Live, it's your show, and you can bring up what you want. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line tonight. It's Ian with you. And Dale. (laughs) And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features, they're free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Speaking of Dale, his website, anarchyinyourhead.com. It's an online comic. 
and it's pretty darn good. So go and take a look when you get a chance. You've just completed the top ten reasons why it is that uh, what was it's it? It's called 10? the top ten causes of minarchism. T- top ten causes of minarchism. It's been a, a lengthy uh, a series of comics, and you just wrapped it up with the number one reason today. So go see it. Or was it today or yesterday? Uh, yesterday. It was moments uh, just recently, and you can get it over at anarchyinyourhead.com. That's anarchyinyourhead.com. All right, so a quick update here, and then we'll get right back to your calls. Uh, according to Zach Fix from freeagentsfr33agents.com, the Motorhome Diaries guys have been refused entry into Canada uh, officially at this point. So does that mean that they have been incarcerated because I don't have those I don't have those details but what I do know is that the Jones County situation is what the Canadian agents cited as to why they were not uh, going to be allowed into Canada. Now, for those listeners that don't know, we're talking about Pete and Jason from MotorhomeDiaries.com. There are a couple of uh, great guys that are traveling around the country and had had plans to travel to Canada uh, in at least one leg of their trip to meet with various different liberty-oriented people that are doing a a variety of different things, everything from, again, kind of uh, in-the-system activism to not-so-in-the-system activism. They've been filming it. They've been taking video along the way and uploading that to their YouTube account and essentially video blogging their their travels uh, around the country. And it's been a great experience so far for these guys, except for one point at which when they were arrested in Jones County, uh, Mississippi, for basically not being completely obedient to the police. They were pulled over for some tag issue. And during that pullover, one of the activists, I don't remember who it was, I think it might have been Adam, their third guy at that time, had pulled out a video camera and was recording the cops. This, of course, irritated the police even further. They then went and charged these guys with a bunch of nonsense, like disobeying an officer, that kind of crap. And they held him in jail for a night. The activists got really, uh, they, they jumped to the case. They raised some money to get these guys out of jail. And they continued on. But I guess the charges are still pending. The Jones County thing hasn't resolved. I think they were going to be going down there, actually, after a little while to go to trial on the charges that they've, uh, they've been brought up on. So it was the Jones County situation that the Canadian border guards have cited now as the reason they are disallowing the Motorhome Diaries people from coming into Canada. So um, mm. it, apparently the, the uh, Motorhome Diaries guys are free. They just have to go, pass back through U.S. Uh, security, and that's going to stink, I'm sure, especially once you have trouble in uh, the Yeah, why would you get turned around, boys? Yeah, they, they always give you but, trouble. You know, that reminds me of the, something about our, the civil di- disobedience discussion, which I would like to get back to you after we're, after we can we're do that. talking about. Well, you know, well, we're actually, talking about... Do, do, huh? do you have something short that it reminds you of? Because I want to get to the phone call here. Nope, take the phone call. All right, make a note. We'll get back <laughs> to that. Uh, let's go to Greg in Ohio. Greg, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi. Uh, the first thing I just wanted to add was I just spoke to Zach, and the Motorhome Diaries crew has not been detained. They're not incarcerated, though they were denied entry to Canada. Okay, good, good but, to know. They still have yet to make it back, though, through the U.S. Customs. Is that correct? I... Don't know about that. I'm sure not because U.S. Customs is always a royal pain. Um, but the real reason I'm calling is because Barack Obama was in Shaker Heights, Ohio today, and I fortunately was there for that. Not at his speech, but there were probably 500 people down there protesting. Okay. And for so the reason he was down there was, of course, he was trying to push his uh, socialized health care plan. And what I wanted to comment on, I guess, is that 
you know, the the president obviously, I guess, has more a right to security, but there's a fine line between security and violating freedom of speech, right? Sure. Do they have and, free speech zones set up again? Well, not necessarily a specific zone, but it was taped off in such a manner that we were only able to stand in the very back of the high school, not even in the high school. We were in the middle of a residential neighborhood, side streets, where no one could see us, which is, of course, absurd, especially because the official reason for sticking us back there, right, was the president's security. We, cause we, tried, we wanted to be out in front of the high school where people would see us on the main road, but we're put that back there for Barack Obama's security, and yet where does his motorcade drive right past? <laughs> yep, the back of the high school. After they stuck us back there for his security, his motorcade rolled right past us into the back parking lot. So any one of you could have had, you know, been strapped with a uh, bomb or something like that, should you have been a not, naughty person in that way. Right, yeah. if, if they were really were a security concern, as, right. as, the state, uh, as they stated. So, so it was a bunch of nonsense, basically. Now, the, now, where he was giving the speech, clearly they were letting people in there, right? Well, you had, okay, there were 1,500 tickets available. 500, oh. big surprise, went to uh, uni- local union bosses and local county politicians, and then 1,000 of them you could enter like a raffle for online. Would they you let would you think- in if you had a ticket, if you had an, an anti-socialized uh, medicine shirt on? Would you be allowed in with a ticket and the, that kind of garb? The shirt would probably be okay. I know for a fact you couldn't bring any signs in. Mm-hmm. Although, what's interesting is there were people with tickets being told that they weren't allowed to cross the line like because the police line was set up. People were coming up there with tickets, and they were telling them, we don't care, you can't go in. Why? Because oh. they were protesters? No, they weren't even protesters. They were just wearing. They were just showing up in suits. I have no idea why they were turning them back, but some of the people with tickets weren't allowed in. So, well, it, so it sounds to me like you were in uh, a, what they call a free speech zone. They they have they had essentially blocked you out of certain areas that otherwise would not have been dangerous in any way toward the the president and his and his men uh, that uh, you could have been in, but they prevented you from being there. So, for for instance, media uh, people with video cameras and things like that that would have been at the actual event would not have been able to see what you had to say. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. And, of course, there were a few Barack Obama supporters out there, but uh, they didn't have much to say except go Obama, so we kind of ignored them and avoided any arguments or confrontations. Well, you did your best. Uh, I remember when, I think it was back in 2000, Al Gore was running for president, wasn't he, at that time? It was 2000. And, of course, he was the vice president at that time, and so he still had the Air Force Two or whatever that he could fly around in. 1999. And so we went to the, well, actually it would have been in 2000 as well, because the election's at the end of the year. Is that right? uh, Yeah. You're right. So we, the libertarians down in Florida, went and did a protest and, of course, came up against a lot of that same stuff. Uh, you weren't allowed to get within a certain amount of closeness to the area in which they were allowing regular non-protesters uh, to attend. So if you looked like a protester, you weren't allowed in. If you were clearly a, a fan of George Bush or, or whoever, that, or I guess it was Al Gore, they're all the same to me. Uh, if you were a fan, then they were letting those people in. So it was very, very restricted uh, access. And I think it's it's only gotten worse 
since that time. Uh, since then, I, I think they've expanded the boundaries. They pushed them back out, and now it's it's even more difficult to get as close as we might have been able to get back in the year 2000. Thank you for the call tonight, and uh, thanks for going out there and trying your best to do something. 800-259-9231. As I've said before, I think there is some value to getting together and rallying and doing protests and demonstrations, if, if only just to make you feel good about get, getting out and doing activism, but also I think there's a networking aspect that's, that's fairly valuable as well. More on the way. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. In an instant, the world changed for Lieutenant General Michael O'Neill. His staff shot before his eyes. Arrested for war crimes, he now faces a short, one-sided trial. The boundaries blur. The chaos returns. Somebody is going to die. The long-awaited sequel to Hell's Fair, The Eye of the Storm, by New York Times best-selling author John Ringo from Bain Books. Remember, if you don't like your world, visit one of ours at Bain.com. Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want if you dial toll-free 800-259-9231. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features we give away to you, and they include the bulletin board system with over 1,800... Uh, not 1,800. I think that's probably the amount of users we have, but... There are well over 450,000 posts. I guess when I was thinking 1,800, I was thinking of the wiki with over 1,800 pages, which I believe actually has has crossed 2,000 pages at this point at the Free Talk Live wiki. So there's a lot to interact with on our website, and it's all free, whether it's the BBS or the wiki. Just put any uh, either one of those in front of .freetalklive.com. So bbs.freetalklive.com to get you to the BBS, and wiki.freetalklive.com to get you to the wiki. All right, let's continue here. We'll take your calls, and then Dale wants to rehash or, or I guess, restart, perhaps add a different point on to a discussion we'd had last hour about politics and civil disobedience. We're going to get to that, but first we're going to go to Dan in New Hampshire. Dan, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Dale and Mark. Hi, Ian Dale and Mark. Uh, Ian, I have a bone of contention for you because last night I called in and I brought up the Live Free or Die rally, and we got to talk about it a little bit. and This is uh, a New Hampshire-based uh, sort of a freedom rally, which is really more of a freedom of speech rally. Uh, it happens on a yearly basis, and uh, the, I guess this year there's going to be some camping. I think there was a camping last year, actually, and it's a fairly popular thing. What about it? It is a, it is a popular thing, and, and it is freedom-based. I mean, you know, it's First Amendment. I don't know how you can call the First Amendment anything but, uh, but liberty, but... Uh, <clears throat> Well, what I was saying, Dan, last night was that it's free speech-based, not really a principled uh, liberty-oriented event, because they have allowed in the past people with some undesirable viewpoints, from my position at least, to have uh, a chance to get up and 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 spout off uh, their their viewpoints, and you know that's fine. It's his. It's their event. They can put put it together however they want. Viewpoints you're talking about? Anti-immigration. Well. They're talking. They don't. They don't talk anti-immigration. They're they're talking about the problems around the the immigration as it as it exists. I don't think that's that's not the that's not the impression I got you know, from I, those and, people and, that were there. You know, and and none of them are are against any kind of legal legal immigration. Well, I I have the same. That's beef not as saying you much, do, Dan. Uh, Ian, I have the same beef as you do with uh, the whole immigration problem. It isn't about a bunch of people who. Uh, you know, I, I I say it's about a bunch of people that would like to come here that are poor that 
want to better themselves, and I have no problem with that. I, the, the, where you're the not, you, Dan, you're not the speaker that I was talking about. You aren't the you aren't an offensive well, I speaker. I understand that, but I but I you so know. So what is your bone? I don't people, get it. There are people there that that are uh, that are that are you know there. One of their issues is you know the, the 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 really badly managed immigration policy that we have and and and, and the solution dan as you well know dan come on now what? you you well know that the people that are anti illegal immigrant usually have the solution of a crackdown and not wall. reducing government yeah build a wall put the border patrol we'll down there the borders that's right and 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 th- this is an opportunity that's not a li- that's not a pro liberty that's not a pro liberty thing though that's all i'm saying here i'm not saying well, you shouldn't you go know, and engage that, that, them if you want to all i said was to somebody who'd asked me and it, this wasn't last night but somebody had asked me that well what is this live for your die rally all about i'm kind of short on money and i'm not sure if i can afford to come up and attend this and i said i said to them you know this isn't an organization that is so this isn't a rally that is being put on by a truly principled pro-liberty organization. So save your money and you stay home. That? Huh? How can you say that? That's that's bullcrap. They there are they are principled. I mean, then why are they know, allowing Mike, hate? Mike Couture, why are they allowing Mike people? Couture, that... who's the who's the the guy who runs the thing? He's done more in in the past twenty years to stop authoritarianism and keep. Statism from, you know, mucking with people's lives. Hey, Dan, I'm just going to tell it like I see it. I like uh, the guy that you're talking about, Mr. Kotu. I've met him a number of times. He's a very personable, nice gentleman. I have no, I have no uh, objection against him, and I have no objection to his rally. All I told somebody was, if you're short on cash, you shouldn't come up to the Live for Your Die rally because it, it, as far as the choices that you have, as far as things you can do here in New Hampshire, things that you can attend, there's the uh, the Liberty Forum and the uh, the Porcupine Freedom festival there's the you know some other things that are going on up here that are much bigger and i think much more liberty oriented full on liberty oriented events if if there Come was a an, trial. if there was an anti immigration speaker uh, that was speaking at the liberty forum i would not bring free talk live to the liberty forum to to do the show there anymore i would you, not you took, i would boycott you took, it. you took free talk live there in 2008 when uh, senator dipshit was on okay there. we've got to oh. let you go thank you for the call one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That is the SACL CAI toll free line. Our uh, longtime listeners should know better than to say naughty words. Well, it here. slips out. They don't mean to. Yeah. Well, they don't mean a- to. Address it's understandable with uh, Sanu Nu 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 Nu. Yeah, I, I see where he's coming from on that. And uh, yeah, they had a politician come to one of the Liberty forums, but it's it's. He wasn't specifically getting up there and ranting against he was illegal immigrants. Talking specifically about uh, you know, I mean, he knew it was a freedom oriented uh, event, and he. I'm sure tailored his message. I didn't get to hear it because it was one of those keynote speeches that goes on during dinner when we're on the show. But um, I, you know, at the well, same was, time, I think it's a it's a it's a genuine point that he makes, and I think that it's genuine. But there was a response to that. There was a response yeah. to them putting that politician on as a speaker. There was a, a sort a of a counter response. A protest happened. We covered the protest. We covered it on the air. We had one of the protesters in on the show to talk about it, and and the, I think the displeasure was made very clear to the organizers of the event, who then the next year made a point of having more, I guess, freedom oriented or non political uh, politician speakers I think, attend. I think it seems to me like the the people running the event realized uh, it was a, a, an, an actual sort of free market effect. They realized there was a demand for different material uh, in the Free State Project amongst the people who were attending, and they adjusted the, the, 
Events. I'm sure that one could say the same thing about the uh, Live Free or Die rally, where there's a demand for anti-immigration messages there. And I think that there's a difference in uh, the messages. Anti-immigration is a message that directly hurts innocent people that want to make a better life for themselves. You're sure. not talking about you know some of the more indirect government programs that are out there. And I'm sure that well, the, uh, Senator Sununu uh, did in fact uh, vote for all kinds of No, uh, it was he was a supporter of the war. Okay. And if you want to talk about a That's couple true. of issues that are defining issues for libertarians, one of them is aggressive wars and another one is immigration. And so I think Dan has a point in saying uh, you know, I, I understand you, too. I mean, I get very upset about the anti-immigration talk at Live Free or Die. I don't know if it justifies a boycott unless you're going to boycott Liberty Forum, too. But it's not, boycott. Boycott. it's not a boycott. boycott. No, all, no, I, all I all said, said was okay, if, right, if you're going to make a trip to New Hampshire right. for an event... Sorry. Don't make it the live for your die rally. I said to the guy, wait till you move here and then go to it. It'll well, you're saying next there's, year. there's better stuff. That, and, you know. yeah. I did say and really do enjoy the live for your die rally. We'll be going again this year because I enjoy it thoroughly. I said I like I'd go. I like actors and all, all right. that other stuff. Yeah. I think that I think that it is a fair assessment on Ian's part. And I I of of all the things I love to attack Ian. It's one of my favorite things to do. Um, I I think that. When you compare, say, the Live Free or Die rally to Pork Fest, and you tried, and, and you have enough money to go to one, you, you have to. It's, it's fair to. Yeah, well, it's, it's fair to give the people a, a clear picture as to what um, you know. Talking yeah, about. and Live Free or Die rally is a one-day event. It goes into the night, um, and whereas like Pork Fest and Liberty Forum are both several-day events, and. You know, yeah, it's it's so. a it's a night and day difference, and that's all I was saying. I I never said no one should go. Okay. I said I was going to go. I said last night on the show that I plan on going right, for an I, hour. I, as I, I take back what I said. Then I I understand. What you're I was saying. more defending against what Dan was calling about eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. But it does go to show that you can't please all the people all the time. You know, you you basically you you say there's one wrong thing with a with 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 something, and and then it, you know it sounds to them as though you've uh, you smeared the whole thing. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's it's easy to focus on the negatives rather than focus on the other things that we said and i just i'm just trying to be fair that's all and the and the fair thing to say about that particular rally is they let anybody speak which is fine you know that's their policy that's what they want to do just don't expect me to get too excited about helping promote it that's all if you want my assistance to help promote something then it's got to be a little bit more to my specifications because I've, I've only got a limited amount of time with which to talk about things, whether it's here on this show or, or on the blog at freekeen.com, which would make a more sensible place because it's a more this is a regional event. Uh, but I'm not planning on putting anything on the blog for this event this year. I think I had in the past, a couple of years ago, until all the the drama exploded over the racist but You don't band. want to seem to endorse something that's like exactly. that. Exactly. No. More on the way. You can take control. But I saw the organizer today, yesterday, and I waved at him. He's a nice guy. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, it is your show, and you can bring up what you want. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. the SACL CAI toll-free line, and tonight it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com, all of the features we give away. So enjoy those, and if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, there are a number of ways you can help promote Free Talk Live, and you can see the whole list at promote.freetalklive.com. we got them all uh, laid out for you there. Promote.freetalklive.com. Help get this show into more new ears around the country and around the world. 
from creating new media and old media to political action, civil disobedience, market-based act- activism, you'll find more pro-liberty activism than you ever imagined possible when you moved to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. Learn more at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. All right, 800-259-9231. So let's get back into it here, Dale. Uh, you had mentioned that you wanted to come back around to the topic that we were discussing at the end of the last hour, which was kind of this eternal, uh, what seems to be an eternal clash between those who are in favor of political activism here in New Hampshire and those who are in favor of market-based activism and civil disobedience, non-cooperation and things like that. Uh, which, by the way, this conversation could be happening in any other places where there are actually enough activists in which to have a conflict like this. Right. Uh, this is the one of the conflicts that has bubbled up here in New Hampshire as a result of hundreds of activists coming here and trying it's, to figure out what the best way to do things like is. It's like one of those problems you want to have. We've got so many activists and so many different ways of doing things that we're arguing about how to do it. You know? Right. This, this, this conversation could occur any place that there happens to be a market-based a a- activist. A real movement for liberty. <laughs> which is only here in New Hampshire. Well, there, there, there are some market based activists elsewhere yeah. that you know they're just not having uh, much effect and, and they're not doing much because there's not very many of them concentrated right. in one area so and the what you, when you mentioned the motorhome diaries filming the police that reminded me of this and i'm thinking about what we're trying to do here and a lot of what has turned into civil disobedience it's not so you know sometimes it's a planned act to say i am going to disobey in order to get some attention to an issue but sometimes it's just you're just trying to, to do something. We're trying to do media, for instance. We're trying to film government at work and show people what's going on and, mm-hmm. and, and create some transparency and some account- accountability and, and things that even pro-government people should want that. You know, this is something we should be right. able to appeal to, to anyone. Just, you know, Cynthia on TalkBack should be thrilled about more transparency and accountability in government. You'd even think... If Although apparently even some pro-government people are so statist that they just don't even think that there should be cameras in the courts or, <laughs> or the the court lobbies. And actually, according to Sam, he sent me a, a private message earlier today that apparently the court has now put in a, a policy in effect that is going to deny anyone access to uh, records requests at the court. At least that's as I Holy understood what, what he had said. Uh, there may be fees involved now, so maybe they uh, you, maybe you just can't get free records requests. They're going to start charging people for them. And he says that apparently the, the law in New Hampshire that says that all government agencies must hand over their records upon demand, he says that apparently doesn't cover the courts. So the courts, not so open, not so interested in showing their files anymore. Just it, as an aside. I, I think that, uh, you know... I think the big test about how effective it can be will start with, you know, whether we can win a little battle in terms of just changing the behavior in terms of how bureaucrats and cops and things react to cameras. Wait a second. Um, That's already happened from a market-based standpoint here in Keene, New Hampshire. When I first got here, when when I first arrived, I attempted to uh, film briefly. I still have the video if you'd like to see it. uh, A stop, um, you know, they had some kid on the side of the road. I'm sure they were were meeting out justice in a very fair manner. And (laughs) if they were, they, you know, shouldn't have a problem with me filming it but they stopped me and uh you know gave me trouble about it and now there's no police officer in inside of Keene uh that will give you 
any trouble about filming a traffic stop or any kind of business that they're doing. I can't well, say that's I've a ever good sign. Up. That's a good yeah. point. And, that's because you know. of the uh, the market-based activists doing cop watch here in Keene, New Hampshire. And uh, you know, when Ian framed this discussion that we're going to have, he said this is the eternal debate between people with the political action and people of the uh, marketplace activists. And I don't believe we were having that uh, that discussion. I wasn't having that discussion earlier, and I don't have that discussion because I believe in market-based activism. What I The don't discussion was which is, one was more effective, Mark. I didn't nope, say, you nope, keep putting words nope. in my mouth saying that I said that political action is is not effective at all, and what I'm saying is I believe it's very ineffective. I think I'll let the uh, the, the listeners who've listened for the last few months, the longtime listeners to this show, I think they'll I'll let them decide in their own minds how it is that what what it is that you've said about political action in the past and how it is... doesn't matter what I, I said like, in the past. I like what matters what I it. What I said last hour. I like that you're calling it market-based activism instead of civil disobedience, which is a more specific thing. And I do feel like we're trying a, a lot of different things. And a lot of it is media. And I think what it gets down to, at least for me, is I fundamentally believe, uh, and, and it'll take some convincing uh, to change my mind about this, that the only way to liberty, and because liberty is about opposing violence and, and aggression against people, and, and so the people can be free to do what they want without being threatened. And I think that you don't do that by threatening people, which is how the political process works. I think it's you know that violence begets violence thing. And that's my fundamental belief. I have to have that change. But my thought is, in order to get liberty, you have to change individuals. And that might sound harder, but I think looking at the history of political activism, it doesn't seem harder to me. It does, it does definitely look like a challenge. But I think part of what we're doing when we're trying to get you know, cameras and allowing cameras in the court and things like that, they know that they are on kind of shaky ground of, of maintaining this legitimacy, this mindset in mm-hmm. people, and that's where their authority comes from, is, by, is just their image. And if we shatter that, and, and, they, and they, you can tell they sense that we are a threat, uh, not, not a violent threat. They know we're, that's, sure. why, that's why we're a threat, because we're not violent. Exactly. They could handle us just, if we were. All we're we are violent. doing is trying to express ourselves and have free speech and show what they're doing and express our opinions about it and get that out to people. And that's something they don't want to allow us to do because they right. can't have that debate with us. They no, will lose it. Right. The, the best they can do, the best, and, and we're talking about the establishment here, uh, not the political activists, but the best the establishment can do uh, and the supporters of the establishment is basically insult us personally and say, go home, you know. Oh, you guys! Uh, you guys not are working. just you guys are work. just children waiting to grow up and go home. We don't want you go go to where from whence you came. I heard so more of that Par- Parcel saying that in the last talk back, uh, uh, which I listened on the archive, saying you know it's like. But he's you know, not the only one. Uh, yeah, and 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 it's a and it's just it's, a bunch of children. It's a it's a. It's it's being afraid to actually have that debate when you just use ad hominems, and it's not going to work on us because unlike political types, we are not desperately concerned with what people think about us. You know? Exactly. Now, uh, Dale, you said that uh, you didn't believe that political uh, political activism could bring us to liberty because liberty has to do with uh, you know nonviolence and not uh, hurting other people. And I think that this is one of the complaints that. Uh, those who do political action, who want to see step-by-step, incremental moves towards liberty, have with the... Oh, I want to see that too, by the way. Voluntarious. uh, Step-by-step, incremental, I'm all for that. Right, and don't you think that we could have step-by-step, incremental uh, moves towards liberty by ensconcing in law more freedoms, allowing people... So you don't think that... Not not by working through the political system. That that might happen. Going through the political system, for instance, um, on the the marriage issue. That may happen, but... Perhaps some legislator could do something like, uh, you know, abolish 
state marriages in New Hampshire. I think that would have a lot of, uh, you know, effects ripple, uh, you know, nationwide. I think there would be some problems with it. But don't you think that they could do that from within and then allow, you know, that would allow gay people to uh, get married in the church of their choice, uh, people that uh, don't believe in gay marriage to get married in the church of their choice, that you would have a lot of marriage freedom because then the legislators had ensconced that in law. Mark. Liberty will be reflected in the political system. There's no doubt about it. The political system is what's infringing on our liberties. So, yes, without a doubt, that political system has to change. But I do not think it will be happening by working by their rules through their system. We will have an impact on the political system by changing minds and changing the culture. I um, understand where you're coming from, and I support you doing whatever activism that you are passionate about and whatever works for you, because it wouldn't work for you to do political um, action if you weren't excited about it. However, the people that are excited about it might have some success. Would you agree that up to this point, civil disobedience for liberty has worked nowhere in the world um right is that right because they haven't concentrated enough people in one area i thought civil disobedience was quite effective in 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 uh equalizing uh black people in this country well apparently it's it's swung the other way because um you know even as as late as the 80s you had things like uh as uh Affirmative action and all that kind of thing. So it, the pendulum's now getting. They back started to, using politics, right? Um, they did absolutely, <laughs> but that's how they they managed to get their victories, uh, you know, ensconced in law. And I think that that's a good. But thing. they changed the culture by breaking laws, and that's what made it possible for the politics to change. They didn't go in there and do that. What I they did is they changed that. the culture, and absolutely. then politics reflected. I that. don't think I'm any, not here arguing look, against civil disobedience. What I'm saying is, you have well, to I am arguing. You have to have enough people with feet on the ground doing your civil disobedience. I, I am and arguing if you can against get politics. The, if you can get the, those kind of people with the feet on the ground, then I believe you can get something like a hundred more uh, per person feet on the ground doing political activism because it doesn't take the commitment level. More on the way here. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. I am just trying to recruit people over to the market-based side and to show them how ineffective the political system is. By kicking sand more in their coming face up? that they no, that's not No, that's not what's going on. It's Free Talk Live. I had a great idea at work yesterday. So, I gathered my A-team to meet online using WebEx. I passed the ball to Carol in Atlanta, and I created some killer graphics. Then, I passed the ball to Taz in San Jose because I write the code that makes their ideas work online. Then I passed the ball to Logan in Cambridge. I'm kind of the keeper of cool. And hey, it was cool. So now, my idea wasn't just an idea. It was our hot new product line, created by our national development team. Spread across three time zones. And we couldn't have done it without passing the ball. Using WebEx, the only way to pass the ball online. Pass the ball. Get your ideas rolling. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 606 to get a free trial and a free retractable VoIP headset. Remember that code, 606. WebEx from Cisco. W-E-B-E-X dot com. Free headsets available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show and you can bring up anything. Dial toll-free 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line as we launch here into the third hour of the program. 
Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. As we continue here, I'm going to take your phone calls about anything. We'll go to Ziggy in the U.K. You are on Free Talk Live. Hey, Ziggy. Hi, guys. Right. You wanted uh, an example of where civil disobedience uh, helped bring about change. Well, there have been plenty of examples of uh, civil disobedience bringing about change, I think. Uh, But go ahead with yours. The women's suffragette movement in this country. What did they do disobediently? Well, they threw themselves in front of the king's horses. They uh, went on hunger strike. They did various protests. And eventually, Parliament had to cave in and, you know... You know, give them the right to vote. Right, and they uh, what they did was they they got a lot of other women who were not quite as uh, yeah. as active as them to basically say, you know, I'm not cooking your food anymore, pal. Exactly, <laughs> and that so there is, is powerful. There is one, there is one other um, uh, example I have, which was kind of market um, based activism, and that was apartheid South Africa. Um, though various governments around the world did. Um, implement economic sanctions against South Africa. Um, th- basically, there were consumer boycotts as well. You you didn't buy or do business with businesses which did business with South Africa. Makes sense. So now, uh, so these ladies had some success. How many would you say? I mean, not I don't know if you know, but I'll ask it anyway. How many of uh, women were involved in the actual disobedience side of the suffragette movement? Um, I don't know. Um, but I, you know, it's funny. I was, I was, I was thinking. I wonder if they had the same arguments you and Mark have, because I'm sure there was there was a wing which was more militant, which you know, said, you know, we can't do it. You know, we're not going to get you know the right to vote unless you know we throw ourselves under horses at uh, at racetracks and whatever else. And there would have been another wing saying, no, don't do that. That just brings, you know, negative publicity upon us. Yeah, it just makes you look bad, which is one of the biggest problems with the politicos is that, at least up here in New Hampshire... There's certainly people that characterize the debate in that manner from the political side. They attack You guys are poisoning the well. I don't take that stance. The stance I take is that, that, you know, that people do what they're passionate about and try to work together. I'm just saying that's where a little bit of the bad blood comes from. Uh, it's, It's coming from the political side where they're attacking the civil disobedient people for saying, they're essentially saying that, well, by doing this disobedience, you're making us look bad and you're setting back the efforts of politics by decades. They're they're, they're placing the blame on the disobedience when, in fact, the blame should be placed on the system, which is designed to prevent uh, liberty from happening from within. um, Well, I mean, I think it's going to take a bit of both, but I mean... I think you're right about that. I think, but I, I, I think what I, Dale I, said I, is going to be accurate, and that is that the political system will follow along and f- essentially be be uh, encouraged to change more so by the disobedience than by well, by a some, culture change, and, and that's what the civil dis, civil disobedience is one tactic for doing yeah. that, for having an impact on individuals and how they think about things, and then that reflects, then politics reflects that. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I was about to say uh, Dale hit the, the the nail on the head. You need to change the culture. Um, of you, uh, uh, you know, but I would also say, and I would say this to you: Ian, police, the pl- police's job is to enforce the law. They're going to enforce laws they're told to enforce. If you think they shouldn't be enforcing various laws, you have to get that law changed. Well, that's not true. Uh, the police have discretion as to whether or not they enforce the law. So the laws can be written however they want, and the police can decide. Do they know that? Hmm? 
do they know that? Are they taught that, or are they just taught? It's right there in their statement of ethics, at least for the Keene Police Department. It's right there, the top thing in their their mission statement, basically, is that they they will use they will enforce the law and use discretion. So that means that they can decide when they enforce the law. So if you actually had the police of if you if the police were of the mentality that they were actually analyzing the laws that they were enforcing and, and making decisions about them, which I don't know how many of them are of that mentality, but if there were more of them with that mentality, then we probably would have less potheads uh, getting arrested out there because fewer, fewer potheads uh, <laughs> being arrested because that's just a it's it, it's an inhumane thing to do. It's the wrong thing to do. Uh, but most most cops are out there enforcing bad laws, but they don't have to. There is no obligation for them to do anything. Uh, certainly, they have no obligation to enforce all laws. Obviously, they don't. There are plenty of laws that go completely unenforced. And I think there's tremendous potential for affecting how they go about their jobs if they feel more accountable because people are filming them and they feel and, and people can film them without huge repercussions so that more people will start doing it. And so that, you know, just people just holding them accountable. I'll tell you what you, what, what you could do is, um, I know that some states have some really ancient statutes on their books. You should find one of those, at, um, you know, one which is anachronistic now and, and, and that you're yeah. not going to get arrested for. Do it, video it, and say, well, actually, the cops were meant to arrest us for this. But we're they way ahead of you. Ridley's already doing that. Yeah, Dave Ridley uh, did that at RidleyReport.com. He did the illegal puppet shows where there is a some sort of state law that prevents... People from giving puppet shows without a permit. He went and did several uh, instances. And you have to make money, so people gave him money. He Correct. charged a dollar. And so he's done that, and they completely ignored him, so that point has been made, and you're right. Ziggy, thank you for the call. I appreciate hearing from you. 800, he seemed to enjoy that. 800-259-9231. Uh, that is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Let's go to Cameron. Ladies first, in Oregon, you're on Free Talk Live. Cameron. Hi. Hey. Oh, I thought my cell phone was going to go out there. What's on your um, mind tonight, Cameron? Well, I've been thinking about open source software and, conversely, Microsoft. Okay, sure. What about it? Well, okay, so I know that you guys are very, um, you know, anti-government, you know, for all... For I'm pro-freedom, actually. I prefer well, that term. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Well, I'm, yeah. I am also pretty pro-freedom myself. Great. And I feel that using Microsoft Windows or any kind of Microsoft product is totally anti-freedom. Why is that? Um, well, part of it is because the nature of Microsoft, for example, they're like in every government computer, they're in every school computer. They, when I was growing up, there were mostly Macs at the school that I went to. Government agents use... Oh, well, I mean, it depends on their school. Actually, when I went to school, which is pretty recently, they had all... They switched from Mac to Windows. Government agents use uh, ballpoint pens. Are ballpoint pens anti-freedom? Uh, <laughs> Well, I mean, there's there's kind of a difference. A ballpoint pen like you can't that. use to uh, monitor anything, and uh, a ballpoint pen doesn't crash. Uh, a ballpoint pen works exactly as you would think it works. Some ballpoint um, where, pens do run out of ink at times; they get clotted up. Um, so they, you know, ballpoint pen technology, although much more mature than uh, Microsoft's, uh, it has its bugs. <laughs> now, let's be fair, though. I mean, Cameron, is is Apple also something that freedom lovers should not use? Apple software should they avoid that also because a lot, you know, a lot of governments uh, are using Apple. I wasn't aware of that, but I, mm -hmm. you know, I feel that if, if Apple had gone the, the, the next route and had said, hey, we've got great design, now we're going to open source it, maybe, but considering a, a recent incident where a, uh, so a lot of Apple software is uh, created or actually manufactured by a company called Fox Pro, or Foxconn, rather. Uh, this is in China, and recently uh, there was uh, an incident where uh, an employee at 
Foxconn had uh, secrets about the 4G iPhone, and he was pursued by the the Chinese government and like the police and like or no no not the police but the um, Foxconn apparently has like its own little police force and they put him in prison and he jumped off like the 12th story and killed himself. Okay. So uh, yeah I so I have a feeling that I don't think that Apple software is or rather Apple hardware is something that we should support either. So definitely Microsoft is where they are largely because of really, really obscene patent and copyright laws. Is where yeah, who are? Is where who Microsoft. Yeah, well, not only – well, a lot of those patent laws and stuff are, and are suing definitely anti-freedom. And no, I agree with you. Some I would of these huge companies have sued the crap out of people in order to maintain – in order to, to, to not have to compete in the marketplace and maintain their monopolies and so forth. Cameron, um, <laughs> do you remember this kind of referencing back, but, but you know, say pre, prior to the 80s, um, Harley-Davidson motorcycles had their reputation for, like, being kind of clunky, leaking oil. Um, you know, you had to do a lot of you – know, you, you drove 1,000 miles, and you'd have to do some maintenance and repair. You'd drive another 1,000 miles, do some more maintenance and repair. And I've got to say, having uh, been using Linux, and my wife's been using Linux now for, I think, close to two months, that it's the equivalent. Linux is a hobby. It has not yet made it to real uh, OS status. Not prime time? No, let's get, it's let's give Cameron not. a chance to respond to that. Hang on, we're going to come back more with Cameron and your calls as well. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. If you dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features we give to you, and they are free at freetalklive.com. All those features include the Facebook profile, facebook.freetalklive.com. You can become a fan and network with some of the other Free Talk Live listeners there and do whatever else being a fan on Facebook gets you. Still not sure what all that is, but facebook.freetalklive.com. I'm a fan. <laughs> facebook.freetalklive.com. We go back to Cameron. She is in Oregon, and she is telling us that we should not be using Microsoft Windows, at least as I have understood your call so far, and please correct me if I'm wrong, Cameron, that okay. Microsoft Windows nor Apple products should not be uh, should be avoided because of their ties to the government, not just the fact that the government actually utilizes the, their software, but also because they're likely to lobby the government for things. Is that correct? Well, so actually, they're the um, – uh, well, the government is – probably like the number one buyer of Microsoft products. Uh, I mean, I'm sure they make piddly on consumer licenses versus government licenses. Now, I mean, that's where the big money is. I see, I see. Isn't Linux purchased, Cameron? I mean, isn't there like um, a... You can... Well, the thing about Linux is that if you if you purchase from Canonical, you're not actually purchasing Linux itself, the operating system. You're purchasing the, uh, the, so, uh, the support that goes with it, and as well as like any kind of... Things. So, so who, do you think the, who do you think the number one uh, buyer of the Linux services that you're talking about is? You know, I'm not sure about those numbers. I'm going to take a guess as up... government. 
because the government uses Linux to run its servers, right? Well, according to Syphase, one of my producers uh, here, Cameron, according to one of the big Linux advocates, the, one of the guys that's always you know talking about Linux, whenever Linux comes up, he always has something to say, uh, and he usually has something useful, very useful to say, and in this case, he says that governments use Linux too quite a bit, as well as uh, Linux servers and Linux desktops. They also use Linux for embedded things like remote control combat machines, so it's Linux... Uh, that is running the killing machines uh, over in Afghanistan. What do you say to that, Cameron? Linux kills people. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I would say the government kills people, but that's a totally different topic. That's like saying guns kill people. Linux doesn't kill kill people, people. the government kills people. How about about, about you're not any freer by using uh, Microsoft than by by using Linux than Microsoft? Well, uh, let me approach this actually more from a consumer standpoint than from a governmental standpoint. Um, for example, okay, so if, if you don't like something in Windows, who do you talk to? Well, it, I don't know. Well, like from, what? I, I'd like to. I understand where you're coming from. There is no, uh, you know, the, the the customer service kind of stinks for Windows, but it stinks for Linux too. You've got to go to your friend who who knows something about it when he's available. Well, no, you just you go, go online. To the IRC channel and ask somebody very politely. An IRC yeah. channel, right? How could your mo- how right. could your wife here's, here's get in where, an IRC Cameron, channel? Well, I mean, clunk. You, this is where you don't even understand, Cameron, because you're living in a realm that's so much higher than what the consumers are living oh, no, in. I, no, I Cameron, I use Linux. Oh. My wife well, uses Linux. I'm telling you, it is clunky and crappy. I'm sorry. No, I've used it. I, I used what? it in 2005. I stopped using it because I thought it was also clunky, and and I still think that it's it's missing a lot of things. But I think that it's gotten better. But I it has think, gotten better. I mean, That's true. That more, Cameron, I'm 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 absolutely. Of, it, that is probably true that it is better. But I'm still I still am of the opinion that um and and I'm I'm sure that uh, my wife and I are not as good a computer users as you are. If you're even calling in about Linux. Wait, wait, I'm sure Cameron, that's what kind of operating system is in your Tartarus? Tartarus. 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 I'm not really well, a Doctor Who fan. Well, my Tartarus just runs on candy, but, um, <laughs> you know, it runs on jelly beans. But, um, uh, no, I'm currently using Mac OS with a, uh, a Linux VM because I was previously a, a Mac user because I, I really like the interface and also I do a lot of art as well as doing web development. Tell you what, so, how about this? How about you take a picture of uh, yourself or a video and you submit it to the Shrine of Female listeners and that will go up on our Linux-based server that Free no Talk way. Live runs. No, yeah. I'm not so cute. Well, oh, well, that's okay. It's not a beauty contest. It's not a beauty contest. You can go to shrine.freetalklive.com. I want the picture the even more now. Um, <laughs> you know, what I say, what I say on this is, people call in about Linux all the time, and I, I, I get the things that they're saying about it being, yeah, uh, you know, open source and freedom oriented, like and I love that. Contribute actually. Uh, what's that? I think people should instead like contribute more, and in fact, if they want, I can't contribute. More to, wait, wait, wait. Contribute to what, <laughs> Cameron? I can't contribute. Contribute to what? Oh, well, because they always are looking for people that can submit bug reports. And, I mean, that's, I think, Most people don't have an interest in doing that. Most people aren't interested. I don't want to play around with your little OS, Cameron. You you sound great and everything, but I I want my computer to do the crap that I want it to do, and I want it to do it immediately. I totally agree with you, too. I would love to to see the day when Linux becomes, like, so amazing that I can give it to my mom – but that's ah, why so that day is not here yet, and I thank you for admitting it, and I thank you for the call tonight. <laughs> yes. 800-259-9231. And it's calls like Cameron's that convinced me to try Linux, and I gave it to my wife, who comes to me <laughs> for computer advice, if you can imagine being yeah, right? in, in that circumstance. Um, and, wow. You know, Did you do Ubuntu? It, we went, yes. Uh, 
the netbook okay. remix. I don't and know how you're. Ha- he describes some of the problems he's having. I've never. Oh, had I can those. list I them off. It. They are legion if yeah, you'd like to okay. hear them. Um, but just I, my favorite is that when you're on uh, Firefox and you use the down arrow to you know scroll down like you do in Windows, you just go down a little bit when you push the down arrow. No, pulls you straight down to the bottom of the page, and all that you're doing is reading the, uh, the contacts. Uh, you know, contact us or whatever. The, the crap at the bottom. It's just uh, that doesn't happen to me. I don't I'm sorry. What is going on with your installation? That's very well. Weird. He's got the netbook remix, so well, maybe there's a maybe bug I there. I could just go no. on an IRC server and yeah, I I submit some, <laughs> submit a bug report and have somebody uh, fix it right up for right, me. Right, you know how to do that, right, Mark? Oh uh, yeah, and, and I'm, I'm sure that they'd stay right <laughs> online with me while I had to reboot and then sure. come back. And someone uh, might. They, this is a hobby for them, so they might be like they'll be fascinated with your problem and want to know why it's happening, and they'll probably sit there with you and give you support. This is not something support that the average... that you'd have to pay twenty dollars for. Right. This this isn't something. But I wouldn't need the the support at twenty dollars an hour on Windows because the program would load. <laughs> this is okay. not something that the average person wants to deal with. They don't want to get beta software because they aren't beta testers. They're not interested right. in being the first in line to get the buggy version, uh, the new buggy version of Firefox, so they can uh, so they can write emails to the developers about what's wrong with the product. It's just not what people are interested in. When I... we're talking about consumers here, mm-hmm. ra- the average consu- computer consumer wants the computer to boot up when he right. presses the power button, and then uh, the internet to come you up when he opens you know, the your, web browser. That your Windows never locks up or does anything weird. And... Oh, Windows is 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 uh, it's the more stuff you install on Windows, the more unstable it's it's going to get. But okay. I can tell you that I've had my servers, uh, my audio servers, running here in this studio. I had one of them running for years straight, and because I wasn't doing anything with that Windows, it had a, a copy. It had the copies of the software that I needed to do business on it, yeah. and no, I never installed anything else besides just the basic stuff I needed for that particular machine i've got my studio machine where i just install everything that i need on there if the studio machine goes down because of some problem it's no big deal i've still got the servers in the background that are running windows i do have a phone a a pbx server running linux in this studio but the audio servers are running windows Mm. and while the audio software that i'm currently using is a little buggy it's not windows fault i'm getting new software to replace that Uh, but as far as the stability of the windows system is concerned I had one server run for years and years, and I don't, I mean, maybe I rebooted it a few times after installing some updates or something like that, but years, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, it was plenty stable to get the job done that I needed to do. So how about consumers use what they think is best to get the job done? I think that makes the, that makes the most sense, at least in the, the realm of uh, operating systems. And I'm with her. I'd like to see Linux be ready for prime time and be real competitive and... Uh, and bug-free, and I'm not saying Microsoft is bug-free either. I'm really not at all. It's I, a heck of a lot less bug-free. But, but it's also what I know as well, and that's a big factor, too. Free Talk Live. In an instant, the world changed for Lieutenant General Michael O'Neill. His staff shot before his eyes. Arrested for war crimes, he now faces a short, one-sided trial. The boundaries blur. The chaos returns. Somebody is going to die. The long-awaited sequel to Hell's Fair, The Eye of the Storm, by New York Times best-selling author John Ringo from Bain Books. Remember, if you don't like your world, visit one of ours at Bain.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up what you want. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and tonight it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. Again, the number, 800-259-9231, and our website is freetalklive.com. The features we give to you, and they include the Shrine of Female Listeners. As we mentioned to Cameron a few moments ago, 
We accept video validation and photographic validation. That is, that is, you prove in your picture or video that you'll listen to the show. It could be a, a mention of Free Talk Live, a, a sign that one holds up. Some ladies have been photographed wearing Free Talk Live garb. And so you can get all the details over at shrine.freetalklive.com, shrine.freetalklive.com. Guns, protesters, smoking bans, biker rallies, comic conventions, pork fest, homeschooling, mortgages, pirates, hot chicks talking about liberty, and of course, there's the puppet from outer space, thinktwicenews.com. Go there, subscribe today, thinktwicenews.com. All right, so we're going to continue taking your calls about what you want, and we'll go to Sam on the amp line, Sam from ObscuredTruth.com. Hello there. Hey, guys. Hey. I got to uh, take Mark to task here on the civil disobedience issue. Okay. Just, just a recap here. Uh, there's been some discussion so far tonight, uh, kind of rehashing the civil disobedience versus political system. A, a question as far as the question is, which is more uh, effective? Mark, you're saying that you really believe that the political system isn't that effective, but you also don't believe that the civil disobedience thing is that effective either. I pointed out that I think that civil disobedience can be more effective the more people get involved and that the return and on... I would, and I would say the political system same way. And that the return on investment is greater in that you need fewer people with, as far as investment of, of activists, uh, that you need fewer people to get more out of civil disobedience than and you And I would say that it's politics. easier to get more people to do politics because the commitment level is lower. So, Sam, with all that said, uh, your thoughts? But Mark, are you saying that civil disobedience is not as effective right now just because of the numbers? I'm saying that um, civil disobedience has had some effect. Political action has had some effect. I think they're both effective. What I find uh, difficult to stomach is Ian's attitude towards political action on this show over and over again, repeatedly, basically you know, poo-pooing it, saying it's not effective, and it's... It's not very effective. It's n- neither it's is civil disobedience. It's very ineffective. So, so there you go, putting words in my mouth So again, is civil Mark. disobedience. So Why thus are you fa- saying that civil, civil ahead, disobedience Sam. is ineffective, Mark? I don't understand that. I'm saying it's as ineffective as political action. That's what I'm saying, Sam. How can you say that, given history... Um, I believe that I, I I believe I'm looking at history. That's that's what I'm using as a as a model on this. That civil disobedience has been successful and it has failed, and that you you know political action has been successful and it has failed. Well, yeah, but I mean I would say civil disobedience has brought about the the mass changes, whereas political activism has really just helped to kind of incrementally grow government, wouldn't you? Um, I think that uh, political action on the side of the statists has in- incrementally grown government, and but, I think that... Yeah, well, but, uh, I mean, let's look back at history. Has Are there examples of societies that have grown incrementally smaller once people got involved in politics? Well, there isn't an example of society where uh, people have been... Had a concentration of liberty activists, political and otherwise, they're trying to shrink the size of government. Nor has there been a society where they've there've been civil disobedience uh, liberty activists trying to shrink the size of government. So I think that what we've got to do wait, is wait. we've got to use the examples from history that don't have to do with liberty. And yes, you can incrementally grow or shrink the size of government with political action, and you can have some successful uh, ventures with uh, political. Uh, excuse me, with uh, Market-based activism. So where does Gandhi and Martin Luther King fit in there? 
Well, they they used uh, they used uh, market-based I mean, activism. Mass civil disobedience uh, in a local area to affect change. Now you're talking about mass civil disobedience, and okay, so it's just it's, the smaller scale civil disobedience that that is ineffective. Well, let's no, face it. I'm saying that it matters how many people you can get involved. Let's face it, we are snowballing oh, okay. in terms of attracting people here, and what we're doing now is just the t- it so seems to be the tip of the iceberg. So I don't see activists. that. I don't see it. Where's the snowballing? I'm not there. In Keene, New Hampshire. Yeah, true. We drive them out of here with sticks and torches in this place. That's I'm not sorry. true. The well, number one no. political activist of the year has moved to Keene, New Hampshire. Who's that? Keith. Uh, well, uh, no, Ooh, I understand. I, I don't encourage political activists to move here, but I don't I don't say not to. I say you're welcome, but I say there's not going to be much support here because we don't have many people who do much politics. And here. there's not much you're going to so, get done. I'm just because trying to be starting, honest with them because you're starting well below zero in Keene, in the most socialist place in the state. Whereas but you I, can move elsewhere and already start at uh, you know well are above you, zero. Are you saying that they are getting snowballing numbers out in Concord and Manchester? The numbers compared? are growing. All you have to do is go to the uh, freestateproject.org. I monitor it on a daily basis, look at the movers, look at the signers, and you'll see that there are people signing. The people signing oh. up as having moved, excuse me. Okay. Sam? All right, Mark, I want to go back to your numbers game. Tell me more about that, because that's really at the heart of what I'm taking issue with. I think you need to get more people to be more successful. To be to be successful, you need, you're going to need to have more people doing civil disobedience type activism here in Keene, New Hampshire, and I support so should that. Should we be doing civil disobedience until we get the numbers? Sure. I think you okay. should do it right. I don't think you should do just wi- <laughs> willy nilly civil disobedience. And I'm going to give really? my opinions on that. And so you think, like you know, refusing to show ID is uh, one of the ineffective forms of civil disobedience from our discussion last night? I right? do. I do. Okay, you know, you know, Gandhi's first protest—he burned his government ID by himself alone. Fine, but he was ineffective, huh? Well, I, was was that where he stood? I think that perhaps um, the—that's exactly know. where he stood. He went, he announced it in public and said, "I'm going to go burn my ID." The police showed up. They beat him as he was doing it. And you know it was by himself. He was the only one that burned his ID that day. But didn't didn't that um, didn't that move on his part bring more people to his uh, message? Absolutely, and he affected the, a culture change. He changed awareness and attention, and then more people joined in, and it became successful. But to say that well, it's not going to work because you don't have the numbers. That's I, I think a little short-sighted. I don't think that uh, Gandhi managed to uh, you know wrote the book on civil disobedience that needs to be followed letter by letter. You what you have Certainly to do not. is you have to take a pulse. You have to take the pulse of the community, and I don't think that the pulse of this community and it's not about identification nearly as yeah. much as about driving certification is that they're not ready. Not they're not even interested in the idea. But this was of, an idea. You're talking about Kurt Hoffman, who's an activist that was arrested for not showing ID, not because he didn't have a driver's license. It wasn't a licensing issue. It was, a, it was an obedience issue. He was issue. in a car. So, okay. if you, if an he officer, wasn't endangering anyone, Mark. But, but, but look, I'm he sorry. If an officer yeah. pulls you over on a, a you know, state uh, security guy, pulls you over on a state highway and says, let me see your state ID for driving on my state highway, then uh, that's asking to see your driver's license. I mean, that's, that's, li- that's a licensing issue. It's an obedience right, issue, Mark. I had an interesting conversation with my mom uh, this morning related to this, and she's a new listener after I went to jail and an amplifier, Ian, so you'll be getting that email in the next two or three years. Oh, cool. She's still working on the uh, YouTube account ver- verification. <laughs> but she talked about MLK, and she grew up, she was in the schools when this was going on. And what the the view from the, the masses was, what the what was in the papers, what was on the press, 
what everybody said is that he was a troublemaker, that those guys are out there causing trouble. They should be following the rules. Look, the sign is on the bus that says the black people sit in the back. Why can't these people just obey and do as they're told? Yeah, just shut up and go into into the legislature and ask them to change it. That's what we hear over and over again today. And what, what she realized, having listened to the show now and lived through that and lived through black children being brought into her white-only school is that it was the government that was the one putting that message out. It was, it was the government that was shaping people's views and telling them to think that way. And that goes back to that Independence Day Tea Party with the, the crazy uh, religious lady that got up there. That's what government wants us to believe. They want us to buy into their fear propaganda. They want us to believe that we get, we need to fear the Muslims and, and we need to hate the immigrants because they're coming here taking and, our jobs. And they and want Democrats they want and Republicans. To to think. They want Democrats and Republicans fighting against each other, and they want us fighting each other in a political process instead of seeing them as the bad guys. I concur and with the all politics that. politics is reinforcing government power. Sam, you do know, you think Alfred there's... Alfred Adler Sam. had a great quote. It's, uh, it's much easier to fight for your principles than it is to live up to them. I don't know why nice. I'm even sitting here. Oh, you be patient, Mark. You've been blabbing right. away for there's three, three hours. There's three civil disobedience people Hold talking to one guy <laughs> right. and, and like attacking well, me. Civil you've disobedience... got a lot of fans that can call in. Yeah, 800 <laughs> Hang on, Sam. We'll, we'll let you guys uh, continue tete-a-tete here in a moment. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Enough time for your call here in these remaining moments. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. Inviting you to our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those. And if you like the show and would like to help support Free Talk Live, you can become an amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We'll take that money in, reinvest it into the show, get on more radio stations around the country, and bring new Internet listeners on board as well. The details are at amp.freetalklive.com, and you'll learn about the perks you get, like access to the amp-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. amp.freetalklive.com. Audible.com offers over 60,000 downloadable audiobooks, magazines, and radio shows for your iPod or MP3 player. You can try them out by downloading a free audiobook Today at audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. That's the only way you're going to get the free one. Audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. All right, so we're going back to Sam I Am. He is on the AMP line. And Mark, did you want to come in with something here before Sam goes on? Or where were we? All I'm saying here, the, the argument here uh, that, that it seems to be that you guys are having is that political action doesn't work. And There you go, putting words in my mouth again. I just said it's Dale, very ineffective. Dale, does political action work? No. Sam, does okay. political action work? I think it can have a very useful impact. Excellent. What are we having this discussion for, then? I don't know, Mark. What are we having this discussion for? I hear you saying that uh, mass civil, or civil disobedience shouldn't be done unless it's on a massive scale. And I Whoa, I didn't say that. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying you guys aren't going to be effective until you get more people. But uh, uh, at this point, you're right. attracting more civil disobedience, right? Yeah, exactly. And I think that's what's not coming across when you talk about this. Well, he also this said right earlier to raise awareness and both attract attention to what we're doing out here, to the message, but also to attract more people who want to come up here and do this. I mean, that's how I was brought up here. Mark told me 
earlier that he didn't think we could get enough people for mass civil disobedience. What? Didn't you say that earlier, that we couldn't get enough people for it, that it would be a lot easier to get people doing politics? No, 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 no. See, this is the whole thing. Ian, step back off. The political action doesn't work. You keep on saying it. You keep on saying that, 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 oh, yeah, politics works, but you're coming from political action doesn't work. Do you understand that? Politics barely works. And so does civil disobedience. Uh, That I disagree with. Okay. Well, That's I say if you guys disagree, just settle that. I, they're they're equally you're dis- you're going to have to disagree to disagree. I'm telling you, it's easier to get people to do political actions, so therefore, and you're going to need more of them to do it successfully. And, and it's the nature of it that that they're both going to be, uh, you know, it's difficult to get it done from both sides. And good luck with what you want to do. Do what you're passionate about. God bless you, but don't kick dirt in other people's faces. You're, you're exaggerating. You're exaggerating. I'm going to express my opinion, and you have repeated yourself several times now, and you haven't changed his view. You haven't changed my view. I haven't changed your view. No, he's just getting angry. So we disagree. It's okay. We can disagree. Just let it be that way. But there's no dirt being kicked okay, in anyone's no, face. So it's I, not I, I dirt. don't see dirt Wait, being kicked in someone's face it, when I just disagree with them. Right. And, and, and I express myself as such. And it's not dirt being kicked in anyone's face when we get on the air and say, oh, look, all this effort expended on the medical marijuana thing. And not only was it the weakest marijuana thing ever, but nothing happened as a result of it. But now if, I'd come on the air, if I'd come on the air right now and said, Sam, what you're doing is dumb. Dale, you're wasting your time. Ian, you're an idiot. And... Do you think? Do well, you think people on. would Who be called someone an idiot or said something okay, fine. was dumb? What you, you're wasting your time. You're wasting I, no, your time no. with this political action. All you're doing is right. poisoning the well. That's if fine. I come on, you don't think you're going to feel like your sand was kicked in your face and want to defend yourself? I don't. Well, I'm not going to defend myself and against an opinion. I will. I will have a discussion with you about it. But I'm not going to attack your speech because you expressed your opinion. No. Well, no, I'm not. I know that people feel that way about that, civil disobedience. That's fine. They can feel that way. I mean, we can have a discussion about it, and I want to have that. I'm glad to have that discussion. Uh, but I think when it devolves into, oh, you're kicks in, you know, don't disrespect me, blah blah blah. I think you're, you're you know, you're evading the discussion at that point. To to have civil disobedience, you don't need the, the help and the assent of the people on the political side. The people on the political side need lots of people on their side to get what they need done. And the fact is, they feel like they're being left in the cold by um, the civil disobedient types, the agorist types. Let well, me tell you a us. situation. That's too bad. Let, we're let this, me tell we're, you we're dropping the bucket for the number of people that they need. They do not need us. They are scapegoating let me when tell they you say a story. we didn't help them. Listen to my story before you go off on your scapegoating thing. All right. So I live in a town adjacent to Keene, New Hampshire, where they've got uh, they they had a a budget. You know, they had their their town meeting. They vote on everything, including the budget. It, and there is they they voted on this highway truck costs one hundred and fifty thousand uh, dollars spread out among you know a few hundred households a few hundred households maybe a thousand I don't know um, I know there's I know how many people are in town so maybe it's seven hundred households um, that's a lot per household would you agree Dale yes okay <laughs> so um, that truck passed by now, I was down in Florida I had to I had to go down to Florida to meet with the governor if I'd have been there. It passed by one vote. Now, that one vote, there was in town an agorist, a free state project member, somebody who moved to be active for liberty. If he would have gone to that meeting and he would have voted, he would have stopped that aggression against those people. But you wouldn't have gone and and voted, would you? No, I would not. What what would he have done to change people's understandings of 
why that truck is not needed in the first place. He wouldn't have done anything. What would he have done to oh. their wallets, Sam? Well, what brings about long-term change? Using force against people or persuading their hearts and minds so that they understand that using force against people isn't right? Look, I would rather them not have their money stolen from them this year so that they can have an opportunity to learn about it Mark. in the future. Mark, there well, are I'd people... I'd rather them understand that having their money stolen from them is exactly what's happening to them. Oh, so, so we should have their not money... fighting so... against... Mark, the group that's taking their then money. I don't know why we Mark. moved to the Free State Project in the first place, Mark, Sam. If you're... we want to see aggression, <sighs> we got that in America, baby. Okay, you've ranted for a little while. You let me say two words, Go yes ahead. and no. Okay, listen to me. I'm listening. People will refuse to, you know, look, Kurt could have just shown that guy his driver's license. He could have. And he chose to go to jail instead. We have different priorities. Mm -hmm. Some of us do not want humiliation. Some of us do not want the long-term damage of reinforcing the state's legitimacy to do their evil so that we can get out of that one bill, okay? I, I You know, yeah, every now and then one vote might make that difference. But, you know, I'm going to have to go every time and vote. I don't know when that time is going to come. I'm going to have to go every time and bow down before these people and kiss their rings. There's no bowing down at a town meeting. And it's the most democratic and system ever. And reinforce their tyranny it's by telling them. The it desk. doesn't Sorry. reinforce tyranny by taking by, by stopping people from uh, you know taking money from people. That does not reinforce tyranny. I disagree. And we can disagree. We can and leave that's that. just it. it See, that's we're just done. It, Mark. We're disagree. Wait, Mark, we, we, we're not going to repeat ourselves right. a million times that's where, that's, and change anyone's mind. That's where the problem comes in, though, Dale, is because Mark doesn't want to... He's not... Uh, he's not accepting the idea of just letting you disagree. For for Mark, as a, no, he, as a sand in his face because I disagree right, with exactly. him. Exactly. As a representative oh of the politicos, Mark is saying you can't be free to disagree with me because I need you to work with me you because can do of what my you projects. Want, but you support aggression if you don't go vote. That's all there is to it. <laughs> uh, issues. Now, it's fine with me. It's fine with me. <laughs> if you don't. Vote you just showed your cards. I'm gonna, that's I'm gonna mute his, his his mic. He's going mad here. <laughs> You keep let shouting him, in the background. Oh, I am not going to stop shouting until you he, turn my mic back on. Your mic's on. back let on, him, you shouting madman. Okay. No, look, let, don't silence a madman. He is shooting himself in the He is showing the cards of the political. I'm just trying to give Sam a chance to talk, and he can't Sam, do it with this uh, loud mouth here. Sam is on the oh, line I, right I'm now, and he has his opportunity. Anymore. Go ahead, sir. Okay. Um, I think what you guys are pointing out is a, di is a difference in your intention. Mark's intention is to grow the government smaller. To do that, you need to do that in the system if it can be done at all. Whereas the voluntarists are coming from a perspective of let's change out the government and do it on a voluntary basis in a more humane manner for people. And to do that, it requires changing the hearts and minds of the people out there so they understand the flaws in government and see why it doesn't work. All right, now, Sam, I'm going to hold your feet to the fire, though. Uh, you, said, you say that, but tomorrow you're talking about going and filing a lawsuit within the system against the city clerk. You can't talk about that on the air. Oh, crap. <laughs> Well, I, I, I actually it. disagree with him, uh, and that our intentions are different. I don't really think they are. We have a disagreement on tactics, and that is fine. That's fine, but he is being incredibly intolerant of my viewpoint by yes, showing this thing that I do I what he fear. wants me to do, even though I disagree with him. I'm showing you where your system fails.
aggression was perpetrated against yeah, we, those people in that town. No, you said it. How can you disagree with that? Aggression was perpetrated against those people, and not by me. But I don't support by the it. government, and it could have been stopped by an agorist, a Free State Project member who signed up All to right. move here. Oh, to, you know to, what? If yeah. someone attacks me, Good you could God. you could jump in front of me and catch the bullet. <laughs> we're going to keep this and going. Do that, we're going to do an extended edition me. here. We're going to keep this going on, uh, <laughs> after the show, after the radio show here, because it's just too it's too intense. Uh, and it, I think it needs to continue on. So, Sam, if you want to hold through, hang on one moment. Uh, we're going to come back with more Free Talk Live off the radio edition, the Internet-only edition. Uh, for those of you on the live stream, for those of you on the radio, thanks for listening tonight. We always appreciate you. And uh, you will uh, get more of us tomorrow night at the usual time. So we'll see you then. Radio, our Internet listeners, stick with us here in a moment. Okay, so we are doing an extended version of Free Talk Live, and we've still got Sam on the line here. The discussion of political action versus civil disobedience and other market-based non-political action continues to heat Why up. Why does it as have to be versus? Loses, because you're losing your mind here. You're digging in your position, and you're, you are attacking Dale and other uh, non-politicals for not for not getting involved in your form of activism. You are getting very upset about it. We're over here saying, hey, come join us. We think what we're doing is pretty exciting. We want you to get excited about it as well. You're standing over there going, this isn't fair. You need to come help us out because if you would have just been there. You're supporting aggression. That's uh, okay. And, and by the way, you don't believe this. Okay. This is not your position, so you should shut the. F what are up. you talking about? Because you don't not believe in voting, and we're talking about voting, especially uh, issues-based uh, voting. I am against voting personally. Why? I feel I, I'm, I'm for, not going to do it. And look, you're saying that I'm aggressing if I don't come vote to keep you from getting taxed. I'm not saying you're aggressing. You're allowing aggression to occur. Okay. Uh, <laughs> when you could have done something, something extraordinarily easy. And something that easy for you. It's not easy for me. It's offensive to me. I can go out. I can, you you can walk out naked in front of a bunch of people. Some people will not be bothered by that. Other people would be incredibly humiliated. For me, going and voting in a system that I find appalling and offensive is absolutely humiliating and not acceptable to me. Expect me. It's immoral. In my opinion, and I'm not saying that to make other people who do it feel guilty. I feel like they are following their own hearts and what they feel is right. And I am not going to, you know, I'm not going to judge them for that. I feel like they they're doing what they feel is right. I'm doing what I feel is right. OK, if they're participating in what you call an offensive system. What they must be doing must be offensive, right? It's offensive to me, but I understand that they don't feel that way. I have failed to convince them that it is immoral. OK, that is my opinion. I have failed to convince them of that. I've said what I'm going to say. They disagree. I'm, re- I'm willing to let it rest because I know they are doing what they feel is right. I'm so- they feel like they're doing what they think is right. And I'm- so I am not, you know, I'm not going to badger them about it. I'm going to say what I- I'm going to say my opinion. But, you know, I, at, at some point I acknowledge that they feel differently than me about it. Well, I'm sorry you that know, you're not willing to it. go and save those 700 people from that $150,000 worth of aggression perpetrated on them by the, uh, the town that I live in. But if I could do something from a civil disobedience standpoint where I could stop 700 households from being aggressed upon in that manner, I would do it. Okay. Thanks. 
that's I, I'm just letting you know. Hey, okay. I would be willing to participate, and I do participate in civil it's disobedience. It's the whining, activities. though, Mark. It's the whining, it's not the complaining. The whining. It's that's pointing the issue. it out. That's the issue I do, I disagree with because as you pointed out, Mark, I have engaged in voting, and I voted for Varen Swearingen, the president of the Free State Project, in the last election. I see their uh, their little system as a as a little game uh, that the, you know that they allow me to play, and I I will you know I have no problem playing it to some extent. I don't get involved in a lot of the uh, you know the hardcore political stuff, the campaigning and the begging and all of that. I'm not interested in doing that. I don't have a problem with going out from time to time and playing in their little game of uh, the voting system, but I still am on Dale's side from the principled aspect of saying that, or the, the, the position of saying that basically these politicos, and you're representing them very effectively here tonight, uh, have this sour milk attitude, this uh, in your, uh, you know, this attitude of these, uh, the, the, essentially the poisoning the well, this, uh, the I accusations. The well. I know you didn't say that, and but the accusation is that you are not helping Dale by uh, by avoiding voting. You're ruining our fun. You're ruining our chance of having this. freedom. And it's a very it's a very personal attack on those who have chosen. Who, by the way, have Dale ran for office back in the in the past, not here in New Hampshire, but in the past. You're you're basically saying to the people that have spent years of their lives doing this political uh, mumbo jumbo. You're saying you need to keep doing it because of me, because and this is what I want you to I, do. I didn't call the governor, or I didn't vote, and my vote might have made the difference. That's right. Do it was you all not your fault. See Dale. the scapegoating? Like they had their thing that they want to try. Right. I don't want to do it that way. And when they fail, it's my fault. Right. They failed. If you had just Christ. called, here the we guns. are, a fucking gin. Two on one. Sam, you want to hop in, buddy? <laughs> yes, he does, as a matter of fact. Jesus. But it's all Effing Dale's Christ. fault because Dale didn't call the governor about medical marijuana, and the governor voted it down. Isn't Dale, it all Dale's fault? Now? I concur that. That's scapegoating. However, and it happens what all is the it time. when you said that one guy doing. who didn't vote Jesus then? Christ. You just did it, Mark. No. I let, you, I, go I'm ahead. telling you right fucking now that one person <laughs> who was an agorist and a Free now, State right? Project member, if yes, I can repeat can. myself, was in the town that I live in so on the day of him. the vote. Who was that? He go had ahead, an name opportunity. Names, I'm you're not going to do it. scapegoating him. He had an opportunity. But you, were, you chose not to do it because he's. Well, don't blame me. I didn't vote. Well, you know what that is. <laughs> what you what you did is you had the opportunity to stop aggression perpetrated against on innocent people, and you didn't do it. I'm not saying it's evil, but it might be in the same zip code. Yeah, but that's well, the he same. He might have felt that it was evil to do it that way. He's wrong. Okay, <laughs> but then, he's not ch- he's not chastising you for uh, refusing for not uh, he's not chastising you for withholding your driver's license. I wouldn't have a problem if I did if I chose to not stop aggression at a very small cost to me. I wouldn't have a problem with somebody chastising me. I, please, but a, chastise you, you don't me. get to decide what that cost is, Mark. That's what I'm trying to yeah. get across to You're you. You're imposing that on you. Dale. Say it's not a big cost. It's a tremendous cost to me. That's my opinion, and I've explained why, and I have failed to to persuade people. I have acknowledged that I have failed to persuade people of that. But it just just you know acknowledge my sincerity. I believe when I say I feel it is immoral, and I feel like it is making the government bigger when we play their politics. When game. I walk in, that's and just I, my opinion. When I walk in and I vote no at these town meetings, these town meetings have uh, they're complete democracy. You get to vote on issue by issue, line item by line item on the budget. 
You can vote yes or no. And, uh, you know, there's discussions and all that other stuff. You have the opportunity to stand up. You can talk about how this is aggression to people. And you get to vote yes or no. If you vote no every time, you are not perpetuating the system. You are putting a monkey wrench in it. I think it's more powerful for me to get up, not do either, and to get up and explain why I'm not doing either. I would love that. That's great because then. And I do that all the time. On his comic. I'm a media person. When it's really. shouting it from the rafters. And, then and I'm not going to go and do act and, and complete contradiction to what I am ex- yeah. what I am saying that I am about. Uh, well, but do you do you see the difference between voting for a person and voting for an issue, Dale? I do. Okay, great. I do. Um, and that's all I'm talking about here is issue voting, not person voting. And I think that there's a big, big difference. If you were to sit in that room, if, if, I would concede if this that. person that we're talking about would have gone in there Talked about it uh, to these uh, several hundred people. I think there were there were like 250 people at this meeting, um, and 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 talked to them about aggression of the government. Blah blah blah. Sat in there, saw a vote was close, raised right. their hand at that one opportunity, stopped the aggression there. To me, that would have been all I, that it took. I will concede a point right now. I I have uh I cannot I do not have a definitive argument to say that that type of voting on an issue is immoral. Okay, I, I, I will I feel concede it's that, not. but I do not feel that it is effective in the long run. I still feel like you are paying a price to do that now. So I'm arguing from a utilitarian perspective that right, I do well, not think you should Sam, do that. I want but Sam that's to jump opinion. in here. Yeah, Sam, has an Sam go yeah. ahead. I, I mean, Mark, I, I, it feels like you're treating the symptom with voting rather than uh, the cause. I mean, the symptom is the town has taken power over people to uh, take their money for this road truck. That I agree they may with you. not even really need. You're right. That's the symptom. That that's the, the symptom. The problem is people believe that government's necessary in order to uh, for them to have fire protection service for their home. Uh, in this that's case, it would be roads. That's not going to be changed by getting in the political system and passing laws that take away the fire department because people still believe it's necessary. Sure. What would you brings about long-term changes, changing people's hearts and minds. Sam, um, when doctors try to heal people, they also, at the same time, try to mitigate suffering. Don't you think that that's a value? Uh, no. Yes, Screw them. I, I Let do. them suffer. They got to <laughs> know that there's something wrong with them. Damn it. I do. I, 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 would, I, I do believe in mitigating suffering, but I, there's, there's still a price to pay. And you say it's not a big price, and it's not to you. It isn't to me, no. It is to me. And so there's, I have to weigh that, and I think that the price right. is bigger than the gain. I would have loved to have been there and saved those 700 households from that $150,000, but to do so would have sunk any chances that I had at a pardon, and I wasn't willing to give that up. They you didn't would, get pardoned, by the way. I did not. Well, but I didn't know that. As all I had to, I, uh, you know, I took my chances. Hold on. And you I didn't couldn't vote. save those people. No, no I didn't. You didn't because didn't the price so, so Mark, was too high for you. How much time do I need to vote to devote out of my activism, out of my vision for what I, the way I want to change the world through media and raising people's awareness about issues? How much of my time should I take away from that to devote to the political process for these uh, life-saving moves of yours? They're not life-saving. They're suffering-reducing is what I was talking about. Okay, suffering-reducing moves. Sam, you need to look at it for yourself, but you also need to acknowledge that suffering is coming, uh, is happening, and that you can do something about it. Well, perhaps suffering is what's needed in order to wake people up to the realities that uh, face them. Oh. Right now, they're asleep. Mother Teresa thought the same thing. She's all about that suffering well, crap. She's dead. I, I, yeah. <laughs>
I, I, I want to Thanks, ameliorate Sam. something. I am thrashing you three, just so you Mark, know. Oh, I, I don't know about that. Mark, one of your supporters. Oh, hold on. I want to read something okay. from one of the, the political supporters here. Okay. Uh, Zeus says he's off the Richter scale. I finally understand his point now that he clarified the person versus issue voting thing. But still, if someone finds it abhorrent to participate in the system at all, even on issues only, then that's their choice. You either persuade them or see your, uh, to see your POV, or you don't. Move on. And I have to say, Mark, you've been the loudest person in this entire discussion. It's because I'm you've getting it from three off, sides. You have gotten off. You are off your I have rocker. To yell and you in are order not being. No, you could be well, patient and make your point. But you are off your. You are a madman tonight, and you are not a very good representative yeah, for the political you, side. You're if just I was repeating patient, yourself, though. <laughs> and I said less. Let's just agree that we disagree on this, and you insist. No, no, we must argue about this. I no, I don't want to argue about it. I want <laughs> you to see my point, and you, and and you have now acknowledged that you are uh, are stepping aside when aggression's being perpetrated. But you've not you've not been persuasive though, Mark. You haven't persuaded him, and I can tell you there are people listening that have not been persuaded by you either. Sam, uh, let me Blog give Sam a, bile here a says, chance uh, here. I am not. I am, Blog of bile I am not stepping aside. I would. I will. I'm doing all kinds of things to stop the aggression. I am just not choosing your tactic. This is why I'm yelling. Is because you guys, he, you talk, then Sam talks, then Dale talks, and of course, in order to get in, because I'm taking it from three sides. It's not an interchange sure, sure, here. Mark. Sure, you and just act like you're, you're being picked says, on. See, here we go. Some more. Blog of Bile says that I'm right and that uh, the doctor analogy was a good thing. He's on. Apparently, I'm, I'm persuading that anarchists. You're not, well, you're not, what do you write about exactly? You're right that uh, Dale should bow down to your demands and start doing political action when he doesn't feel like he should? I think that Dale's, um, Dale, if he has the opportunity to step in and stop aggression, that he should do that. That's the right and moral thing. All right. Thing let me give Sam one more chance here. That is your opinion. Ch- <laughs> Sam, one more chance to uh, jump in here with thoughts. <laughs> I think he's gone. All right. All right let's go to Johnson. Uh, also on the, I think this is Johnson. Johnson. Yep. Yeah. Hey. You're on. So I think another analogy that uh, Mark really hit the nail on the head on, and uh, you know what? Bing bing. I, I think he, he started trouncing you guys the moment Sam jumped in and and made that uh, suffering might be necessary uh, comment. Yuck. No. Yuck. That, I, <laughs> don't, don't. Yuck. To be fair, I I went yuck to that too. Uh, for what it's worth, that, that sounds you know, very. I, yeah. What Mark's been saying, and I think you're both right in that Mark is a horrible representative for this this evening. However, I don't think that he's entirely wrong. Is that it's like the analogy that I would make is it's like when you do something and you need to make an apology, and you really don't want to make an apology because it takes a lot of humility. But an apology is something that's always free, mm-hmm. and I feel like it's the same way with voting. In other words, it might be something that's distasteful to you, and you might hate engaging in that process, but it comes free. It's a free way to abrogate a bunch of aggression. Sure, you're participating in the you system, know, but if the uh, overall effect is good, then it's just I like don't believe it's good overall. I don't believe that. I keep hearing that. He gives me this this one case where there was one vote that turned it, and there happened to be a guy in town, and all of a sudden it was that guy's fault. He could have come and voted and changed everything. But th- but that's the point. He didn't know it was going to be down to one vote. First of all, it's not it's just not like good. he could have just come out that one time. Oh, it's one vote. Like and and it's down to one vote, and I can go and I can flip the switch and do it. It's 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 like he'd have to vote all the time in hopes that every now and then something would happen. And he's constantly humiliating himself. He's Constantly reinforcing the system for that. It's not just that one guy. <laughs> see, the, the, it's the, hap- the idea. The idea that it's reinforcing the system—that's nonsense. It's really nonsense. If it's reinforcing the system, 
that's that's in people's heads. That's just complete. I mean, that's if you if you believe that politics is there as a hamster wheel to distract us. And I and that's exactly what I believe. I think, you know, they throw us a bone every now and then at best. But the but the important thing is that they are keeping us preoccupied with this hamster wheel to keep us from doing what is truly effective. I'm glad you made that point. Before you go on, Johnson, let me hop in. I'm glad you made that point, Dale, because I don't blame that one person who had the opportunity. I say that the problem came from the happy little incestuous group that says, well, don't vote because it's it, it only encourages them. Why don't you blame yourself for not recruiting more politicos since it's so easy to bring people to politics, Mark? Why don't you blame yourself for not bringing five politicos into town and uh, voting in favor of whatever you want them to vote in favor of? That, that blame your darn self, man. That opportunity was there. However, those people were not in town and they were not citizens at that time. Whatever. All right, go ahead, Johnson. What I'm hearing, what I'm More hearing is it sounds like someone other than me. It's their. It's not my fault. It's someone else's fault. I, I admitted to the fact that I was not there. Johnson. What I'm hearing is it sounds like you guys are saying that on the on the uh, civil disobedience side that being or, or engaging in the political process somehow cows people that they can no longer be a part of civil disobedience if they have engaged in the political process. I don't think that's uh, been said. I don't think I've ever said that. That's not been said. I think I mean, I've been really clear about what I, how I feel. I don't know so how, why can't you do where both? does that come from. I think uh, why would I? Why would I do what I don't believe is effective? So you don't believe that it, the, the potential scenario that Mark was talking it's about not potential. can happen it happened. at all? It's it did not happen. even an option. did happen. I didn't say that. <laughs> so you said it wasn't so effective. Why wouldn't, if, it, if it is a potential, it is effective because if somebody would have voted, Mark, Mark, I, my, I don't think, and it's a short-term gain. I said they will throw you a bone every now and then. I don't know. I, you know, I, so I, I said I'm not willing to. Free? I feel like the the gain is minute compared to the cost to you, for why me. Why wouldn't you take it and continue with it's the not freely available? Johnson, Johnson, why are you saying that? How many times have I said it is not free for me? It is not free for me. Oh, this is a price to pay because that I am not is, willing to pay. An emo- it's an emotional hit, it's, and that's why I said it's like an apology. It's like sometimes when you really don't want to say Johnson, you're sorry because you I am trying to change, but you do it. Listen to me. I am trying to change hearts and minds. I feel deeply in my heart that is the only way we are going to get freedom. That is I'm my sincere. That. Okay, that is my sincere belief. I am up on a mountaintop shouting that because I sincerely believe it. I am a media person. I put it out in the media everywhere. I go out. I I I I, engage, I support these people who are disobeying because of the power that has to change hearts and minds. Why would I, I then agree. go and act completely in contradiction to what I am telling everyone? That this is the source of our problems, this political because game. Because Mark will cry if you don't. <laughs> is it apparently? Well, see, I, Why do you I want me to be a hypocrite? I don't see those two things at odds. I don't see engaging how? the political system and civil dis- disobedience as being completely at odds. You don't, don't see that, but Dale sees it that way, and that's where the discussion they, should end. At that point, yes, the politicos should say. At that point, politicos should say, "Okay, Dale is not on our prospects list at this point. Let's focus our efforts on bringing some more politicos." Thank you, in. I'm not Johnson. Saying- you don't feel like they're in disagreement, right? Do what both. I, well, here's what I see. So do what both. I see, the, the way I For see you. is I see that it's two sets of activists missing out on activism. Whatever, okay. man. I don't think Dale feels that way. Is that such a tragedy? I don't think I'm going to be engaging in civil disobedience and voting. Johnson, is it such a tragedy that one – I mean, we are small. I mean, we are – at least at this point, we are pretty small. And if we get big enough – 
to where we could have a political impact, it's over. Uh, we're our, you know, at that point, we will be an unstoppable force from civil disobedience. But we're, but we're small. We're not that many people. And for the politicos to be so obsessed with getting us to do their thing, it, it's, it, it's irrational. Where is this coming from? Why it's can't not irrational you let it to those go? 700 people. Oh, God. Go. 700 people are suffering right now, and it's because of agorism. They're suffering, no, sir. Wow. They're suffering because they're allowing I'm, themselves to be controlled. They're the ones on. cutting those checks to what, the state. What 700 people? The 700 oh. households in the town that I live in are suffering because if, and somebody could have stepped in who chose not to. They're suffering because they are the ones cutting the checks to the state. They're the ones voluntarily submitting to their own oppression. If those 700 people decided to stop cutting those checks tomorrow, it'd all be over. But nobody's willing to take a risk because they're a bunch of pussies. And the risk is very, very high. You're not taking the risk either pussy i'm ready to do it give me four other people i wish you i four wish you other had people them. i want you to have them <laughs> that's I right want i do too to i'm ready to have them. my house put on what? the line bitch. but what i'm telling you call me a bitch bitch <laughs> i'll Cunt. tell you that that one person could have stepped out and, and put a you couple of hours in their evening that i am not who's i'm saying that there was a person business. who had a very small a bit of overhead that they could have stepped in and saved 700 households hundred and fifty thousand dollars. and you keep on how mitigating many people it. didn't vote in that area oh a whole bunch of them okay then don't scapegoat that one guy that one guy and none of them moved knew. to the state All of new hampshire to to work for liberty not in the way, way he thought was best not Mark. that way that's not how he wanted he to moved do to it. vote originally until he got with the happy uh oh, agorist group. poisoning the well Mark, they now, all, you, they now you've together. done it now Mark, you have look, accused you say us such a small look. group dale and you're not no look. that guy made a difference you're repeating yourself again you have failed to persuade me. I know it's frustrating. <laughs> but at some point, you just acknowledge that we have different viewpoints, and we can agree to disagree. I, it's this insistence that is divisive. No. Let it go. I have let it go. I, look, you don't see me talking to, the, to people about it. I'm telling you they're doing something wrong, immoral in my mind. Right. That's what I'm telling you. And you you're not going to convince me it's not immoral. immoral. Okay. I All think right. it's I accept that. Right. And the I Johnson. think it's based in pride. Yes, it is. They don't want to say I'm sorry because I showed them an instance where what? they where I, they failed to uh, to step forward. You know, you are questioning my to... sincerity. This is what I am having a problem with. Look, we disagree. It, 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 Dale, I know you want to stop aggression. This is the intolerance of the politicos. You, right I am here. showing you that there was an opportunity to stop aggression, and it wasn't taken because of this no voting stance. There's an opportunity by all the politicos to stop aggression by stopping obeying the state. But no, it's always for the word from the politicos is, well, we better obey because we're going to get hurt. The argument is nonsense because you know that the, the, the real politicos, not people like Mark, not people like myself who are willing to vote, not people like yourself who are willing to participate in property taxes, guess what? You know that if you immediately stop, that they're going to come to your house with guns. There's That's right. I know that, Johnson. Connect. Johnson, I know that. That's why I need other people to join me in that particular civil disobedience, because they right. can't well, come to all then, of our houses with then, guns. You're missing out on activism by saying, I'm not uh, going to be participating. Thank in you for the opinion, and thank okay. you for the call. I Point appreciate made. it. We We've still disagree. We've got more calls here. <laughs> I don't know who any of them are. We're just going to go on screen to these AMP callers. And you are on the air. Hello there. 
This is Free Talk Live, extended edition, internet edition. Uh, the phone number here, is, one of the numbers, you've got the amp lines if you're an amplifier. Also, for those of you that are not, 603-435-1105. That's 603-435-1105. Is anybody there? Please say hello. I can hear breathing. If you are, uh, If you called Free Talk Live tonight, say hi and what your name is. Go ahead. Goodbye. We're going to try the next line here. Hello, you are on the air, amp line. Hi. Hey, who's this? Illinois. Matt in Illinois, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, <laughs> well, I'm going to join in on this conversation, just give my own little observations. I'm going to take this back to the beginning where Mark was talking about uh, the the attitude that you have, Ian. And um, I just wanted to say that it comes across on the radio, to me at least, that at times you do seem to totally dis anybody who is trying anything political. Um, usually the ideas well, are the same old ideas, man. I mean, usually it's, oh, we need another third party, or, oh, we need to just elect another Ron Paul, or, or whatever the hell the idea is. Usually it's the same old boilerplate crap that's been coming around time and time again. And, yeah, I'm going to diss it because I've never seen any evidence that it actually does anything significant toward achieving freedom in our lifetimes. And I give credit where credit's due. When Dennis calls in with the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance and talks about how they stopped the seatbelt bill, I'll point that out. We pointed out how the, uh, the the gay marriage thing passed here in New Hampshire. I pointed that out. And I, I've said before on the air that I'd be happy to eat my words and be shown that these politicos here in New Hampshire are really effective and they're making a difference out there. I think there have been some instances of, of success, and I've given credit where credit is due. Uh, what are you saying, Matt? Perhaps. I'm just giving you my observation. As, I'm surprised as you... Across, and I stick by my words that at times you seem a little heavy-handed with people who are trying political stuff. I'm surprised um, you criticized Ian for that, not me, actually. Is downsizedc.org. What's that now? Downsizedc.org is my favorite political thing, and I, I, uh, I'm active in, with downsizedc.org. I've only right. I've got a few minutes every day, and I can do that kind of stuff. I don't uh, go out and go to the tea parties, and I don't go out and um, advocate for uh, the Libertarian Party anymore. I used to, and I understand your uh, frustration with that. But um, the, I, I, I still look at it as there's people that have been going through their whole lives not even caring anything about any of this stuff, and they wake up slowly. Nobody wakes up one day. Well, I shouldn't say nobody. Perhaps some people do. But very few people wake up one day and all of a sudden realize, hey, I should be an anarchist. I should advocate for no government. And the, the point that I think that needs to be brought out is that everything, the, the, soul, the civil disobedience, I, I, I really admire the civil disobedience. I think the civil disobedience is great. But there's political activism that is working. It has worked and does have value, and that needs to be recognized too. And it all needs to be recognized. And I, you know, when when somebody seems to uh, uh, just come down on it, sometimes people can get the wrong idea. I'm surprised you. I'm, I'm surprised you uh, actually directed that at Ian and not at me. I'm a lot. I'm a, I, my opinion is much stronger than Ian. Well, I'm on the show six nights a week. Right, oh, Ian okay. sets the tone of the show. <laughs> right, okay. and, and Dale, um, 
you know, with your your with your anarchy in your head and uh and everything else that you do, um, in terms of that, I you know, I, I think that your your activism is is, is great. I you know, I I like your So your uh, critique your is you're you're saying that I should be nicer to the people that call in with uh, political ideas. Should I should I cheer them on and and tell them that go ahead, keep spending money on political candidates because that'll work if you just spend enough money. I mean, you want me to be more positive about something that I personally don't believe is a very effective method? I just are you suggesting I candy code things or or lie to people? I don't really How how would That's, you suggest I I handle the uh, these calls? I'm not making a suggestion. I'm making an observation. Well, your, yeah, observation, you the your observation. observation suggests that I am handling these inappropriately and that you believe that there might be a better way to go about it. You're not, you're not going to share that or you don't know what the better way might be? No, I, I don't. To be honest with you, I, I, I have no real suggestion of how – and I don't think you should change because, to be honest with you, I think it's very entertaining. Well, yeah, I guess that's the difference off. between it's critique. Show, it's about entertainment. Right, I, and I um, guess that's the difference between critique and constructive critique. Not that I was going to change uh, how I view. <laughs> I was just asking you for the you know, just to Believe see what, you, gonna... what what the idea would be. But Matt, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate it. Let's also go to another amp caller, and the uh, and the number is open. Uh, the six zero three number six zero three four three five eleven zero five. Six zero three four three five eleven zero five. We'll keep this rolling for a little bit here, as uh, people still have opinions about this. Uh, amp caller, you're on the air. Hey, it's Alex in New Jersey. Hey, what's on your mind? Uh, Ian, I'm willing to uh, not pay property taxes or income tax and join you in that, uh, but I would like to uh, know that all of my things that I have, I can safely give to another Free State Project member. For example, um, if I were to own a piece of property, I would buy a really crappy house because I know I'm not going to be living in it very long, mm -hmm. and I'm not going to fix it up. Uh, I think that I'm willing to do that as long as I prepare ahead of time and get all my assets worked out so that they can't take them from me. Uh, do you agree with that? You mean as far as, like, the stuff that's in your house? Is that what you mean? Yeah, because okay. I don't want them to confiscate Those anything Those are possessions, not really assets. But, uh, but yeah, you're going to have notice. I mean, if the government's going to come steal your house from you, they'll, they'll send you several threatening letters first, and they'll talk about how they're going to steal the house at the, uh, the city council meeting, and then they'll vote to steal your house. Uh, but, you know, they're going to try to send as many threatening letters to you to, to get you to pony up as possible. So you'd have plenty right. of time. I'm, I'm, willing to, I'm willing to not pay the property tax as long as all of my things can be uh, in good care of other free state You mean except members. for the house, because the except house is going to get stolen. Right. Th that would be just a matter of you getting the stuff you want to get out of the house out of the house before they come to evict you. You'd have a date. Right. I need someone I can trust. You'd have a date. You could get a truck. But, well, even if there's not somebody that has a bunch of room for all of your stuff, uh, you can also you could go and rent a house and put the stuff there, or you could rent a, a storage building and you put have to the live stuff somewhere. There. Yeah. So, well, I guess he wants to you know, live in the house until they come steal it. Uh, but That's yeah, right. great, Alex. Uh, save your money you can, because you can count me as number two. How, wait, you're you're 19, 20. How old are you now? 18. 18. And, I mean, I, I I was doing pretty well as far as savings was concerned when I was 18, but I wasn't ready to buy a house at that time. You have time. to buy it in cash in total, Alex. Yeah, you have to own the house outright in order to engage in this uh, this particular protest. I understand. All right, so maybe you will be number two. I'm hoping you won't be because you'll either have to come into a windfall of cash really quickly uh, or it's going to be a long time before that's uh, before anybody else comes on board. I think that this can be done within the next decade. But maybe he has more money than you think. Maybe he does. It's I don't know. It's always be, possible. Yeah, he could be turning tricks.
Thanks for the call, Alex. I appreciate hearing from you. <laughs> I need to get his number then. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. All right. Me. We're about out of calls here. 603-435-1105. Okay. I can't actually afford to pay anyway. 603-435-1105. And so let's, um, under leveler heads here. Oh God, do we have to Dale. keep going here? <laughs> what is it about voting in four issues? Um, and, you know, like I obviously gave a certain circumstance, but what is it about voting in for issues that perpetuates the system? I think that's what your complaint is. Let's let is. Dale think it's about that question. About before we go uh, before we go into the answer on that question, I'd like to point out this extended edition Internet only version of Free Talk Live has been brought to you by SACL CAI and the Free Talk Live AMP program. Jason Osborne at SACL CAI not only wants to help you recover uh, your accounts, from you know, getting the money that you're owed, uh, but there, uh, he also wants you to help support Free Talk Live with the Free Talk Live AMP program, and that's one of the reasons why uh, we're doing so well. It's the number one number one reason why Free Talk Live is doing so well in the industry. That we've got over 50 signed radio stations at this point. Only 48 of them are on air, but by the uh, sometime in August, we should have another couple to crack the 50 mark. Uh, but it's the Free Talk Live AMP program. It's the amplifiers. Those of you who are contributing three dollars a month to this show that is getting this message on to as many radio stations as it can possibly get on. And I want to thank all of the amplifiers for making all of this possible. Uh, so, and if you aren't an amplifier, three bucks a month is all it takes. PayPal, any major credit card. We've got a secure credit card form there that. Uh, is available for you, plus alternative options as well. Go to amp.freetalklive.com to learn about the program, to get on board, to get the perks. That's amp.freetalklive.com. And now, I'd also like to point out that uh, Jason and uh, uses the uses SACL CAI to do political action. If you have some kind of issue that's going on in your state, you want to be able to get a hold of people. You've got a phone list, or you can get a phone list of uh, you know Republicans or Democrats, whoever it is that you're going to uh, be working in order to get on your side. He can make these automated uh, calls. And you have to pay him for that, right? I, yeah, I mean, you know, nothing, okay. nothing's free, but he's going to make it a heck of a lot cheaper than it would be otherwise. And got it. You, it may, you may very well be able to convince him. I don't know, but. Uh, you give him a call at SACL CAI. He managed to uh, he's he, he has managed to help us uh, with the first 1,000 uh, program. That, you know we made it to the first the Free State Project made the first 1,000 because of uh, Jason SACL Jason and SACL CAI. <laughs> Jason says SACL CAI also wants you to stop voting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jason. <laughs> but. He will try to persuade people who are voting. He is trying to mitigate harm. No, no, no. He's going to take the money from the people that want to want to use his system to persuade voters, right? Um, but he's done it. He's done it gratis, also. He's he's done outreach for voting gratis. Yeah. Oh, okay. Maybe he can call and explain his reasons. I guess why. it was uh, it was on an issue and calling politicians. So I guess it's not exactly mm. for voting. Like you know, vote for this guy. He did, I don't think he did that. Six zero three four three five eleven zero five. One more time. What was your question for uh, Dale? I I okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, my my question for Dale is that um, please try to explain to me, make me understand why it is that voting on an issue, specifically on an issue. I understand that voting for a person. Right. Uh, that that you know, even Ron. Paul is, yes, is yes, liable to you know use aggression in some way, use the 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 force of government in some way. Uh, but when it's on an issue and it's clear how voting is uh, you know perpetuating the system that is uh, force or something like that. Well, okay, uh, you, you're, you're, it sounds like you're trying to answer the question for me before. Uh, look, um, 
the reason you want to know why I don't do it and why I'm committed to not doing it is what I think is what you're trying to get well, at. Well, you were telling me that, um, and, and maybe maybe I'm asking the wrong question. I said I don't do it for utilitarian reasons. You and don't that's, do it for utilitarian that's reasons. That's correct. Okay. I do not believe it is effective in the long run. I don't. I think it's. I think that there is a price to pay, and that you have to start off understanding where I come from, and that to me politics is a religion and it's a faith I do not believe in. I think that it is a big game that's just distracting us from the real problem. And I think that you have to change hearts and minds. I think that the very first step a person has to take before they are ready to start working for freedom and start undermining the power of the state into people's lives is to withdraw their moral support from that system. And that means being, you know, outspokenly against it. You, you need to be able to get out and say, I do not support this aggression. I do not believe that anyone has the right to vote whether people get to put marijuana in their bodies or not, whether it's medical or recreational or uh, or to wear it like, a, like an ornament. It's nobody's business. I think they and don't you have need the... to, and 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 you are undermining that message when you turn around and then go and vote in that thing. And 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 I realize that you don't feel that that's the case, but well, I think that it, people don't have the right to vote. Uh, yes, that you don't have the the right to put marijuana in your body. I would agree with you on that. I don't believe that the vote. Is valid. Well, it, it it's valid in the sense that people will uh, use aggression. I know to that they're it. going to. I'm not going to go in there and play that game that makes them then. You know, I'm, when I go in there and do that, I'm out here saying, look, you don't have any right to do this. You don't have any right to use this vote to justify your violence. And that's a very important message that I am constantly pounding into people's heads whenever I get a chance to say it. I am being a hypocrite to then go and do that. When I'm trying to tell them, I'm not going to play your little justification game. You are being a criminal by what you're doing. And I'm not going to play this game that is making you feel better about it because you got, like, the approval of the masses, and now it's okay to go do this violence. But you only got the approval of the people that said yes. And that's why I feel that voting yes when on you issue vote, is... No, you, when you, you know, when you're playing that game, you are voting for the game. I don't. I disagree. I know you disagree. You're voting no. I'm I voting no against the game. Of that, and that's I the disagreement. That. I'm, okay? voting, I'm voting no <laughs> against the game too. I'm against the game. I do not think that these people should be able to vote okay. in order to take uh, people's money away. However, I'm also of the opinion that I know that they're going to. And I'd like to use. I, I have an additional example, and maybe this will be persuasive in some way to you. Maybe it won't. I don't know. Um, but there was a fire truck up for the vote on uh, this town that I live in. Isn't this the same example? No, no. If you, um, it was a, it was a uh, road truck, and then there's a fire truck. Okay. Oh, I thought the first one was a fire. I truck. I feel no. like we're really getting away from the fundamentals here. Well, I, but but this... maybe, but, but this is like I'm talking about reality. I'm not talking about um, you know, uh, per, you know, things that uh, you know might or might not All be. Right, so what happened? Abstract. Okay. Fire truck was voted down by two votes. That means that three people who voted for the, uh, the, 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 the road truck voted against the fire truck. I guess. This was at the same meeting? This was at the same meeting, at the very same meeting. So the fire truck did not get purchased and will not be purchased this year, whereas the road truck is. So that would have been $300,000 because the fire truck, oddly, cost very similar <laughs> to the, uh, the road truck, about $150,000. And that aggression isn't perpetrated against uh the 700 households in the town that I live in or so. um so like does that the, the people at the very least are following their rules they don't always do it by any stretch of the imagination here in Keene we had a vote on uh, to sell this uh the school building for 2 million dollars or something like that and they said yeah we're not going to do that 
So, I mean, does it does it matter that sometimes it works? Sometimes you can stop people from uh, perpetuating this aggression? I mean, they might get that fire truck through you next year. You can take a know. step forward and then take a hundred steps back. What are the hundred steps back? All the other things that went through I for whatever reason. I wouldn't have know? voted for those. I mean, I didn't. I believe in voting no, that's not the steps. But, you yeah. See? But, and by me Your not vote going to vote. Your vote didn't stop it, did it? But, 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 the well, other 99 I times. I didn't actually get to vote. But I'm not taking those steps. Those people voting yes the are. The point I is feel the other 99 yes times, your no vote didn't stop it. It didn't stop it, but I attempted to stop it. I did the moral thing by attempting to do that. Do you, did, does that make sense? That no. I believe that the yes is immoral and the no isn't. And his morals are different no. from your morals on this issue. Because right. you, are, you are – this is a justification game. They want to do violence. One way or another, they're going to find a way to do it usually. But they want to do violence, and this is how they make it look palatable is with this voting game. And that is a very powerful thing. That is a very powerful uh, mental virus that we have to fight and, and and I can't do that in a hypocritical manner. Right. I am fine. I'm we're retreading I mean, the same. My, yeah, you've, you've yeah, tried I'm to explain this. Again. Oh, you've we tried to disagree. explain it. Right, and and that's it. Let's go to the calls. Uh, let's go to the six zero three line six zero three four three five eleven zero five. You're on the air. Hi, uh, it's Nick from Massachusetts. You're on. What's on your mind? Um, there, uh, as far as voting goes, um, there's also the argument that it violates uh, NAP because you are um, forcing your opinion and what you think the system should be on other people by having politicians um, delegate your opinion onto others. There's a, a good Voltaire quote on it, but I cannot find it. At the I moment. think you're talking about, we sort of addressed that earlier, if you're actually voting for a candidate. And that's where, uh, and I don't think Mark's real really wants to, is picking that battle. He's trying to pick issues as opposed to candidates, which are, you know, at least seem pretty clearly uh, to roll back government in some way or to, or to allow more liberty you know, to take the government in some way out of imposing things on people. I'm taking a very narrow uh, slice of it here. I, I, I totally will concede that the vast majority of our votes, which are, uh, you know, in, in my experience at least, voting for individuals, that I can see the immorality in voting for individuals. I'm willing to do that on uh, in, in certain instances. But um, I... I, what I'm talking about specifically is issues voting, and I feel that the, I feel that there's a world of difference between them, and I'm trying to uh, to, to wheedle in here, and I, I just I think you've I'm made your point crystal clear, Mark, and I think it's an understandable uh, view, but I think I also think Dale has made his point that he just finds the entire system, regardless of the mitigation that could be achieved through it, to be undesirable and an immoral thing for him to participate in, and I fully respect that. You know, I think at some point there's a there is a, a, a leap of faith at some point. I cannot definitively argue, you know, mathematically, analytically show that that voting reinforces the system. Okay, on some level, I kind of, I, it's just, it's it's a, it's how I feel. You know, I have to ex- acknowledge. I, I can try to explain as best as possible, and I and, and obviously I fail with a lot of people. Uh, they do, or they disagree with me ultimately. But sometimes I think it, it takes a leap of faith. And I think, you know, I did the political game. I ran for office. Sure. I, yeah. I, I was, I, it made me feel dirty. I looked at the, I, you know, there's, what there's What happened stuff. with Julia? She won't ever do it again. Right. 
and I think that, um, you know, I, I think for a lot of people, they might listen to me right now and disagree with me, and that's fine. And then they might have new experiences in the future. Maybe they'll keep playing, they'll keep running on the hamster wheel, and eventually they will have the same gut feeling I do. Or maybe not. I don't know. Let's but I think Nick- that at some point you have to take a leap of faith, and now, it's just, it is a gut feeling. Yeah, you know? I understand you want to take that call, but, I mean, Dale got his opportunity well, to talk Nick's about Nick's on the line. I want to make sure he's had a chance to get his issue addressed. Let, let, okay. Yeah. Okay. Nick? Um, yeah, I, I just wanted to sort of point out that uh, I'm with Dale and um, and you, Ian, on this one, but um, uh, I do think that we're, no matter what sort of thing you're doing with the system, it is immoral and it is a sort of aggression against others. Um, like how is it aggression if I vote no that the the people in the system don't uh, will not be able to use aggression? I mean, how is that aggression? I think in most cases it, it is aggression, and even if you are voting morally, if there can be such a thing, that you're still forcing your opinion on people who don't want that for whatever the reason. Right, people still, that would hurt other people um, by stealing their money and their time. Who are we talking about, the voters or the, the candidates? If, if the talking? voters are voting yes to an issue that, that will then um, be you know carried out by the bureaucrats, then the voters and the bureaucrats. I'm sure yeah, the bureaucrats want it. Their intent is not to do that. Their intent is what they think is positive, and they – That's great. They, they can go about doing that in a free market fashion, and they can uh, get people on board in a voluntary fashion. I'm I'm all for that. I think that by telling them no, that you can't steal from people to do that, 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 that can't possibly this is the issue. This is the issue I'll agree with, Mark, because I don't believe that uh, you can be engaging in aggression without the intent uh, to uh, to aggress. Uh, and I think that if you're voting against something, I think in Mark's example, I think that's there. There's no aggression going on there. Uh, All right, I'll agree with that. <laughs> okay, thanks for being uh, persuaded. Appreciate the call. But I also agree that if you believe the system is immoral, then that's what that's the end of the story. Th- well, that's that's it. Unless I, I you convince me that it's not. But well, you how know. about how about this question? One of is is one of us right and one of us wrong? I mean, is there both a, be right. a moral absolute in this? I don't think there are. I don't really believe – I, I can't confidently definitively argue for moral absolutes. I have kind of a sense uh, – again, that's a leap of faith for me is that is there, are there moral absolutes, and that, that kind of depends on context. So, um, uh, so I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't try to, I wouldn't try to argue that. But I am I, I'm either perpetuating the system or I'm not perpetuating the system, or you could have done something to stop uh, aggression or you would not yeah, have been I would able say to stop aggression, in the same way right? that like we might both have two two ideas of how to get from point A to point B mm-hmm. and there's obstacles in the way so it's not you know we all know a straight line is the direct path mathematically you can prove that but when there's obstacles in the way and some have some inclines and who knows if there's going to be a car parked blocking this way or whatever sure we both have like and let's say it's really close yeah one of us is right on which path is shorter and here's, but is there is will we ever know? Maybe I don't know. And here's Maybe the not. thing: is I, if my path is shorter, and you know, I but but I have a car that pulls out in front of me. In, in your analogy here, and suddenly my path becomes longer. Then I, what I end up doing is I end up justifying. Oh well, I would have made it if it hadn't have been for such and such, so and so. And I think it's those justifications that we get muddied in. I feel that the instance that I've talked about, although rare and and a minor sliver of voting is an instance where uh, you, you are, can use uh, aggression, to, uh, you, you can use voting yes, to stop aggression. Yes, you've made that clear. It's, um, so I think that's that, how you feel. That I think <laughs> that you are stuck in your paradigm and don't want to say, I'm How about wrong. he's comfortable in his paradigm? How about he feels I'm right in his paradigm? I'm comfortable with you disagreeing with me. 
You know, do you ever want? You ever, do you I'm know people who? That's, uh, it's so, you know, Lauren pointed out. If you are sometimes when people argue, they're trying to. It, it's more about convincing themselves. And I think, and I wonder, then it I is agree. about, you know. I okay, absolutely if, agree. If you cannot accept at some point, if you cannot accept at some point that, you know, someone just disagrees with you. And, and I absolutely you know. agree with Let's you. Let's accept that, that and move to the next call. Who's this? You're on the air. Ampline. Hi, this, this is Jeremy in Rhode Island. Go ahead. Um, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm with Ian and Dale. I'm with you guys on that. You really... You're, by not voting, you're not really aggressing against anybody. But the whole, well, voting is immoral, and it would be immoral to give any uh, legitimacy to the system. Every time you pay property taxes, you're, you're, every time you pay any kind of tax, you're giving more legitimacy you're to right. than you ever would give I can by see. saying no to something. I concede. I am a coward, so. not a hypocrite. <laughs> I am under duress when I pay those property taxes, and, and, I, and I am with Ian. I want to, I want to stop and... Uh, and I know it would be a very powerful statement to do so, and and I admit that's just a price I'm not I'm not willing to pay right now. But you're not under duress to vote. I am not under duress to vote right now. I might start voting if they do like can or if they do like Australia and make it a law. And depending on what, I'd probably actually engage in civil disobedience with that. But I don't know. It depends on how bad you know how bad they crack down on people. I mm-hmm. might become a coward there too and concede. But yeah, it'd be a decision I'm making under duress. But without a doubt, you know, all of us paying our taxes on time and obeying is, that's why is, the is system validating exists. the system. That's that's why the system. No, it doesn't just validate the system. It creates the system because yeah. oh, it's huge. Because it's huge. that yeah. obedience is what the system counts on. And if only five percent of the people decided to start disobeying on a regular basis, it would. All, I think it would all come crumbling down. So, so you get to call, if you're not paying your property taxes, you get you have earned the right to call me a coward. But I you, you can't call me a hypocrite for that. And I, Jer- I, you know, go Jeremy, ahead. I didn't say that uh, not voting was aggression. What I said, and what I do believe, is not voting is allowing aggression. I don't think it's immoral in the sense that you have an obligation. I think it's immoral in the sense of of of, of a sort of higher calling where you should do something. I think that Dale should vote in on issues. I don't think that Dale is being immoral for not voting on issues. Jeremy, any other thoughts? Yeah, just one last thing. You guys seem to think that it was in bad taste when Sam was saying that maybe, you know, maybe people do need to suffer at the hands of the state getting out of control. Um, and I really don't see how that's in bad taste. Until people are, are, are getting to the point where the middle class is dissolved and they're becoming homeless and destitute, until then, I don't think we're going to see any major change. So I don't think on a national I basis. I want to see it happen, but I'm kind of looking forward to the change that can occur if that happens. Thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, on, on that in that sort of light, some I have heard people point out, and uh, I'm not really agreeing or disagreeing with this. I just think it's an interesting thing to think about. Is that let's say the seatbelt bill had passed, there was a huge bunch of people that were going to disobey that. Even and make, Mark. And who knows what kind of impact that disobedience would have had on the whole system. You know, so I so we can't say the threat. To- I think what just the just that supposition, just by positing that, like, look, it would have caused a whole bunch of civil disobedience, or a lot of civil disobedience would have happened. It does open up the possibility that is not necessary. We are not necessarily better off in the long run because that bill was kept back. You know, and we keep fighting it every year, every year, every year, and they keep bringing it back. If it had finally passed, and then boom, there's this big reaction. 
the the overall impact uh what i'd like to get people to think about is is you know and i can't defend it i can't prove it it's it's a it's a hypothetical scenario, but the overall impact could have been positive for liberty in the long run. Well, yeah, then, now they're right. You, you, you're certainly in the area of speculation here, but I think we, we could point out that the civil disobedience, the essentially the promise, I don't know if threat's the right word, but the promise of a, a mass civil disobedience as a result of that seatbelt bill may have been, this is also speculation, may have been a factor in why they decided to not go through with it because it would have become a civil disobedience issue and it may it would have been, um, it made them look bad. So the fact that the civil disobedience were willing to, or people that support civil disobedience on that issue spoke out about how they were planning civil disobedience may have actually affected the political uh, success or failure of that particular issue. I think I actually did sign a petition saying I, I would it. disobey it if they yep. passed the law. No, not I had no problem with that. But I believe my name was at the top of that list, but, and I'm not going to be here saying anything against civil disobedience. I, I'm just no. You know, I know I'm, you're not. I, what I'm saying is that I believe that a lot of people involved in civil disobedience could make a small step, and you know they wouldn't have the enmity that they have from the politicos because the politicos don't feel supported. And I think that's the problem with the politicos is that they just get uh, not not all of them obviously. Uh, some of them have kept to themselves, and that's great. But the the ones that we know about, the ones that have uh, opened their mouths and uh, been very critical of the uh, the civil disobedience for not participating in the political system, I think that's where a lot of it breaks down because it's this sour milk attitude of you know you guys are are poisoning the well and you know blame yourselves if you guys aren't getting the success that you're looking for in the political process you can blame yourselves or you can blame the system but please don't blame the people that have decided to opt out and not participate in your particular form of activism you can p- try to persuade them you can you can invite them to come back you can be persuasive but don't get don't don't yell at them don't get angry at them don't blame them for your political failures i right. think that's where the real breakdown is happening and it doesn't happen on the other side the civil disobedience and the market-based activists, we stand with arms wide open waiting for those political activists to burn out as they inevitably will and come over to our side of things and get active over in, into the, uh, the world of market-based activism. I, I think that's the difference between the two, the two sides in general is that one side is very angry at the other and, and the, the other side, that is the market-based activists, are, are not in the same way. And, it is some very, and like you said, it's some very speci- it's specific politicos. It's not Very all specific of them. Ones, yes. Some of them want to scapegoat. Some of them are like obs- a little bit obsessed. <laughs> One with, is in this with, room. Yeah, with with people who aren't who have just chosen not to do it, and it's it's our fault. We're scapegoats for them when they don't succeed. Do you and, see how that's not helping uh, you, Mark? That attitude of you know where you're ruining it for us. Do you see how that's not helping you get win converts back to the political side? Ian, I'm not even saying that. You're not listening to me if that's what you're hearing. What I'm saying, I'm saying that. There's that I feel they should do something. And from a moral standpoint, not from the basic morals, but from a higher moral standpoint, that you should do it. It's you're calling the person immoral. That's right. That's that's an attack. That's okay. I've done it. I've done it. You're telling you're telling the politicos what they should do, too. You were just sitting there saying what they should do. I'm okay with you saying that. I mean, that is how you feel. And 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 you've explained why you feel that way. But the difference is the blame when you blame the non-politicals 
for the failure of the political uh, the political efforts. Well, it's it's sort of the nature of civil disobedience versus the nature of political um, activism. Political activism requires votes in certain arenas, whereas civil disobedience does not require uh, you know, the political people to be on board in order to be successful. Just as we were speaking about how it doesn't need civil disobedience doesn't need nearly as many people, but the people who do it need to be far more committed. We were speaking that further. You don't need the politicos to be on board. It'd be great. You'd love to have them. However, the politicos do need the help and no, what they and they I feel don't. that they don't need it any more than we need it. I think both sides would like the help of each side, but if they continue to be uh, divisive and and angry at the other side for not participating, they're not going to bring new. They're not going to bring them over. The way I said it, the, the the ones who are of the type, well, except for Mark. I mean, generally the ones who are scapegoating the non politicos and and like you got to go vote at least just vote and you know we might could have done it if you helped or whatever you know it, the ones who are doing that are probably not. Big fans of civil disobedience, anyway, and I true. don't, I don't want them bad enough to to have to pander to the no. to this to this whining. It's like you don't want them bad enough to, in order to pander to the whining. What does that mean? You don't want them. Well, it's like I don't want I don't want their help bad enough to play their little game. That they, this little you don't this little, need their help. This little confidence game that they're that they that they're having. They desperately seem to think that they need my approval, and I'm like, just get on with your. They life. don't want your approval. They want your vote. <laughs> I mean, all right, let's go to the phones. Okay, Ampline, who's this? This is Osborne. Uh, hey, hey, it's Jason. Jason. Jason Osborne from SACL CAI. What's up, dude? That's right. Hey, thanks for the free show tonight, guys. I appreciate that. You bet. Absolutely. And uh, do, do we want to agree that uh, Jason gets to uh, have the last word, and then we can shut yes, this uh, yeah, because I've got work to do. Oh, okay. Well, I just wanted to let Mark know that that I am suffering here tonight, <laughs> and that I could have this suffering alleviated if just one hot chick would come over and give me a blowjob under my desk. <laughs> and so now every hot chick in this town right now is aggressing against me because they're not coming over here and giving me a fucking blowjob. I did not say that it was it's immoral. It's immoral for them to not give you a blowjob. I don't see, I don't see you how they're obligated. You said Jason could have the last word. That's right. Well, I'd like to He's point out talking. that uh, this uh, talk of uh, morality with regard to the voting is a little erroneous. So the first... Uh, test of any moral principle is the coma test, right? Can a person in a coma comply with your moral principle? And obviously the man in the coma cannot vote. So it's not right to say that it is moral to vote or immoral not to vote. So uh, can you help me out with the terminology here then? Because I feel um, like if if it costs me little to do something that's going to be of great gain to someone else. For instance, if they drop their wallet on the street and I see them do it, I bend over, I say, "Hey, you dropped your wallet. Come get this." Isn't that that's the right thing to do, isn't it? But I'm not really yeah, under any a, moral that's a nice obligation. Thing to do. That's a neighborly thing to do, but no one could call you immoral for not picking up the wallet, right? So I should it's, use the term unneighborly. It's the nature That's of liberty that we okay. each get I mean, exercise I, I, our own judgment about. You won't catch me voting because uh, I just see it as a, a self-respect issue, right? well, not uh, a moral issue. I think in your case, like, I, at I, least... The same way that uh, if someone, uh, you know, you know, comes up into the street and wants to steal my wallet, right? Like, I might give him my wallet, or I might tell him to go fuck himself. And, you know, it's just an issue of... Uh, uh, how much harm I'll come under by uh, by doing that. But I, I sure would like to tell him to go fuck himself. <laughs> well, um, I think that and, there's... And voting is the easiest way that we have to tell the government to go fuck itself. 
or not voting. Not voting. Uh, well, I don't. Right? I, I think every other people... thing that you can do to not do what the government wants you to do ends up putting you into a, in a cage. I agree with you there, but, <laughs> but there are not lots going of people. To the voting booth right now, we're not getting put into cages for that. The majority. So of I'm people... going to take that opportunity to have a Stop little self-respect. And get my little, uh, <laughs> give me... to the government. Okay, uh, please say something after I'm done here. Um, <laughs> I, there are lots of people who aren't voting, so uh, I don't. I, uh, yes, it's an opportunity, I suppose, to tell the government to go fuck itself in some tiny itsy bitsy little way, but it's it's not an effective way because there are lots no, of people. It doesn't who matter, and I don't really care what anyone else fucking thinks, right? I only care what I fucking think. Right, I agree. <laughs> I agree I with you on at my desk, and uh, you know, chat with people in the in the chat room, and know that you know. <laughs> I didn't go out and vote today, and that's in my own mind, and that's all I care about. Good enough. Uh, well, wait, don't, oh, don't, don't, Mark, don't, would you stop this? I, I, want, I want to make one more point. If Jason doesn't go out and vote in Defiance, Ohio, he can make a much better argument that, well, you know, whoever was going to get through is going to get through, and my vote doesn't count. I'm for that. That makes sense. Voting in Def- Defiance, Ohio doesn't make much sense because even if it you, get, you manage to vote down the issue this year doesn't mean that it won't get through next year. However, here in the Free State Project, we're removing more liberty-oriented people uh, to the state every single week, as a matter of fact. Um, then there is an opportunity next year to stop the same aggression that we stopped this year and then maybe stop some more. Right, but you're never ever going to stop the aggression until people stop believing in it. I, I, right. I think it's silly so to you, say you can, just stop voting. Vote all day long. And at the end of the day, you're still going to lose. I think it's silly to just just not vote. The point is that I'm going out and telling people that the system is just a game to distract them, and that it's that it's there to make to justify all the violence. And I'm telling yeah. them all that, and then I, I, you know, it's quite ridiculous for me to then go and and be right. a hypocrite. So the hour that you so. spent in the day going down to the polling station to uh, push your button and uh, bend down and suck the cock of the man. Uh, you could have spent that time uh, convincing people that the the system is illegitimate. All right, fine, and Jason. Might, now I'm gonna, now, all right, Jason. Right I'm there. going up against you now. So <laughs> right. I have a plan this year to uh, go and suck the cock of the man <laughs> to allow me to get onto the man's ballot as Ian Nobody Bernard as a no. I'm going to put the, the word nobody in between my first and last legal name and run that way because they uh, will let, supposedly will let you do it. The, for all I know, they'll change their rules when I try this. Uh, but presuming that it is allowed to happen, I will run as a nobody candidate, and therefore, when asked, because I will be asked by the newspaper uh, at the very least, if not the, the government itself, because they post candidates' profiles on their website, I will be asked questions about why I'm running, what I believe, all of that. And in that process, I will be able to explain that I'm running because I think government is uh, immoral and or whatever my points are about that. And by voting for me, you are voting for none of the above because I will not take office. So is that also uh, immoral? The uh, the whole no, point I, of I, I love it, right? Because I, yeah. what you're doing is you're uh, helping uh, educate people that the the system is unjust and they need to stop believing in it. Uh, I I've uh, been considering running a very similar campaign. I was going to call it the don't vote for me campaign. Yeah, I, I agree with wait, that. Wait, so where's I the separate... with Jason? I think that you're using it for speech. But know? wait, isn't that still participating in what is inherently an immoral system and validating? I'm having an awful hard time seeing that as validating it when you are all you're doing is using it as a speech platform to talk about why the system isn't valid. But if valid. the participation is the invalid portion as you're arguing about voting, then isn't participating no, 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 in the I, election I not, also I invalid? Not make a moral claim about whether voting uh, or, uh, voting or vo- not voting was immoral. 
I said it's, imp- it's impossible to have a moral principle I about it. Okay, I understand that now. All right, so I just wanted to see how you felt about it. Jason Osborne, uh, any other thoughts? Uh, no, not at all. Thanks for getting, uh, being behind the show so consistently. Sickle CAI is really a big part uh, of why we're still here doing as well as we're doing. So thank you so much, Jason. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Good night, dude. And we look forward to seeing you here in New Hampshire. I know that uh, he's getting closer as the days go by to, uh, I don't know, talking about selling the house or something like that. I'm not sure exactly where he is in his process, but looking forward to having him up here. I think he'd like to see more people in Keene have jobs. I, I think... Keen's a pretty good job market. No, not just Keen specifically. More people, more civil disobedient types that are that are moving to Keen to have jobs. Are there people with job problems here? I I I broke the rule. What what you were you were uh, wrapping the show up and I uh, well now (laughs) what what is the job issue here? I mean where's the problem? It's not that bad. I mean no, I mean people come here, they get jobs. What's the deal? Aren't there a good percentage of them that don't? Not that I'm I aware wouldn't call of. it a percentage. I know people. There's some people who haven't been here very long. Right. Who, there's people who are brand new. It takes a few weeks. To, I'm not going to call names because that's not fair. I don't yeah, think that, that should be done. But I, you know, I, I wonder. Some people, I wonder about I think, them having jobs. I can't think of many people that I know of a couple. But I, I mean, right. at most, maybe. It's a concern. Well, if they don't have expressed. a job, then they've got to be supporting themselves somehow. And I don't care if it's. I don't care how you support yourself as long as you're not stealing from people. I so agree with that. I don't care if they're out uh, selling drugs or sucking dick. You know, whatever they're doing to make money, it doesn't bother me. Well, as long as they're not hurting people. I. Don't. The house, the houseboy position still remains unfilled. So <laughs> how can people uh, get in touch? Let's so give nobody you some, is sucking dick to, for a living in, in Keene that I know of. Let's give you a chance here. to plug this, uh, Dale. <laughs> to use it's a term, it's kind of a joke. Uh, everyone uh, is taking it too seriously. This is not. This is not a joke. It's, as it's, far as I'm it's concerned, it's not. It's not a position. It's you know, if you like me, uh, seriously like me, and want to move in, then I've got room for you. That's well, you all. have to be like but the houseboy too. Yes, we have to like each other. It's not a job. Are you proposing? Not prostitution. I joke about it like it is, but it, that's not. No, no. when you, you get but free, yes, I'm looking to. I, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm very relationship oriented. I'm, I'm not dating right now. Wait, what's the offer? Room Let's and put, board. Put an offer out there. Put a put an email address Room out there. If we, if we like each other, uh, you get you can stay at my house for free, and I feed you, and you can, uh, you know, and basically just help out around the house. Uh, what are the requirements? You're not the maid. You just have to help out, and you know, that's, I, I, you know, I, um, Dale, and, you can do whatever you want with your life, and. In this instance, you should vote, though. Um, but, oh, but I'm just kidding. Um, but when you're, is it a good idea to offer free room and board to an individual? I mean, that that just seems like such. It's in return for something. I was going to get the rest of the offer well, here. I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, I think we all got. I, we're pretty clear on that. You know. Well, we don't need the exact details, but cuddling will be involved, I imagine, as well as other uh, back well, rubs. Uh, Didn't you say back rubs? Yeah, well, I said you're that's, comes with, that's actually I give the back rubs. Oh, too, you so. give the back rubs. Yeah. Well, that's a sweet as deal, well. man. Yeah. Room and board, back rubs, uh, receiving back rubs. And a good boo-fooing. And a little, but good yeah, little I mean, we have to like each other. I mean, yeah, that's the whole that. point. It's but, not. A, it's not. It's not a job. Everyone jokes. About, I, I've, I joke about it myself, but it's just you know, that's just how I flirt with people. I'm like, oh, there's a houseboy position, you know, <laughs> and then and then they go, oh, well, I'm not interested. I just, and, how can they apply? How, how can they apply for the position? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> just meet me. <laughs> Isn't it Dale at AnarchyInYourHead.com? That is the you know, and and I'm not trying to 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 to, to, to pee in anybody's uh, Cheerios here. Uh, you know, I think that if they can work this deal out with you, then then all more power to them. But you know, uh, having 
you know, being a male and I, I would, I would never be on board for, for doing this for a woman. Never. Because I wouldn't like about? the relationship that it would create that this, this sort of, uh, you know. But you're in, it's an agreement you're entering into explicitly in advance. No, no. Uh, Ian, I'm not saying it's immoral. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not saying any of that. Maybe you I'm were never in a position where what you I might... wouldn't. Absolutely, somebody, I was. Okay, okay. Well, somebody might be willing to uh, have a little bit of fun for a free room, a free room and board. I don't see what the big deal is. This is not a I'm big not deal. It's it's a big deal. I think it's a great it's offer. It's not a big deal, Ian. I'm asking Dale if he thinks that's a good idea. I mean, did you do you think you think it's a good idea to offer free room and board to somebody? And I don't even just on the radio in general. Do you do you think it's okay to have a relation? You think it's why is that? A, that's what most marriages are like. That's, I why know. is that Women a big work, thing, dude? Most women work. Well, the the houseboy will have to help out, uh, you know. That I expect them to help out, clean the house, be a houseboy. Sure. Well, yeah, do some stuff. I mean, not, not like, you know, not everything. So you yeah. don't just get to lounge around uh, and, you know. I, I expect help. I've got like jobs around the house that need help on and stuff. Well, so. what about? Uh, I mean, obviously the houseboy is going to have to have spending money. Uh, he's gonna. I'm not. I'm not offering that. Well, I where's mean, he gonna get his spend, might take, spending? We might money go from. out to the movies every now and where's then. Where's his spending money? No, wait, the houseboy doesn't have to be him? home 24 hours a day. No, right? Not, no, no. They can go. They can get a job at Panera or something, and you know, and then that's <laughs> their money. They don't have to pay rent, so they can save money. You know, you know I, I for me, what this would create if it, if this were you know for me what this oh, would create pshaw. is bitterness. Oh, pshaw. Well, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> you <laughs> wouldn't apply. Then, no, okay. No, no, I'm not applying. I'm talking about being in Dale's circumstance. I, nobody's boofooing me for nothing, or at least not for the kind of money you're talking about. At least, um, <laughs> sorry. Wait, hold on. What? What's? Oh, you can. You think this is a bad deal on my? For me? For you? I'm concerned for you. I, I, uh, that's, uh, that's my uh, concern. I think that the other, the, I think the, the, the guy that would take this well, would just I mean, be a hooker. I'm a reasonably good judge of character. I think I can tell whether you know someone is the type that I'm not. I just think be. that a situation I like actually that, sense people like that that are the using type, you know, needy it, and using, and, and, I, and I usually sense that right away. Don't you think that that situation sort of breeds that in people? I think that people can become needy and using over time. I can't believe we're still talking about so this. You can't, so you cancel the agreement. If you see that yeah. the guy's becoming a, a, you know, a leech, then okay, <laughs> deal's over. Bye. I don't know. For me, this would create bitterness. If I were you... Will there be would... a written contract? Will you actually oh, have I, the terms? I, I don't think so. All right. There I, you go. It's my house. I can kick him out at any time. Okay. You know? I agree with you. That's I think the contract. Yeah. All right. So now you know. So if you are looking for and if they and if I ever demanded rent money, they could leave. You know. Do you like kinky things? Uh, okay. I, yeah, I don't. Uh, let's not go there. Yeah, let's not. That's too <laughs> well, far. I mean, these mark. are things that people need to know right away. I mean, if uh, I mean, this is if, uh, you get, if you get some, I am, I am if you not, get some I am normal not guy, prudish, I guess you could say I, I'm pretty open-minded. If you get some normal gay guy involved here who just wants the regular uh, kissing and humping stuff that goes on, goes in a relationship, <laughs> and you want to use a gas-powered strap-on while he has to have a ball gag. No, 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 no. There's no, there's no like, there's no requirement <laughs> for kinky. There's no requirement for kinky stuff. Okay, and, and no. there's no ban on kinky stuff. Necessarily you might be open either. to something if that's if he's really into it, right? <laughs> I, I'm pretty open minded. What if we he wants to pee on you? Oh God! God damn, <laughs> Mark. I'm sorry. Uh, it's over. Yeah, We're done. Nice show. <laughs>
All right. Thanks, Dale, for staying extra here for this um, insanity. I think we finally came to some conclusions and uh, at least a little more understanding on all the uh, the, the conflict earlier. Although I don't think we came down to any, any conclusions at all. Well, I, I, yeah. It's okay. over now. For now, it's oh, over. Let's not for talk, tonight, we're not allowed to talk about it. At, at the very least, let's keep the spirit of what we were saying when uh, when we said that we would be over when Jason if was If you off. are listening to the podcast, thanks for listening. Uh, keep listening to more. And if you are listening to the streams, we now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Attention. All active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military, your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com.